Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 19 for Wednesday, September 20th, 2017. Welcome, uh, new listeners. Welcome back, old listeners. Um, or, or not old listeners. Old makes you sound like you're old. Uh, you're not old. You're just established. Welcome back, established listeners, longtime listeners. I think that's what we should call senior citizens maybe next time. You know, because we're always renaming it. Senior citizens, the elderly. <laughs> Right. I think it's just from now on, we call them established. Some are more established than others. Some are so established they can barely move. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> welcome back, my established listeners. Welcome to the new listeners. Um, as usual, guys, I'm going to tell you what's going on with me, uh, what what has happened, what is about to happen in the near future. Uh, this week, I'll tell you about my uh, weekend away with uh, Crystal. Um, I'm going to be playing, would you rather a little later on in the show? I'm going to read some of those. I've got some new pet peeves for you guys. And as always, I'll read your emails a little later on the show. So, <clears throat> excuse me, looking forward to this, uh, this episode guys, I'll start right off by saying, um, I already have seen it a third time. <laughs> I talked in the last episode about how I've seen the movie it twice. Well, last Tuesday after the podcast, um, I picked up my mama after her work, you know, she's, uh, she's getting up. She is an established citizen. She's getting up there in age and she ended up, uh, downtown real late at her job. So I, uh, I picked her up and she was just chatting and said, Hey, what do you want to do? You know, you want me to just take you home? And she's like, no, nah, you know what? Let's do something. So she suggested going to the movies. It's cheap night on Tuesday. And, uh, and she, you know, she, she kind of. She asked if there was anything I suggested. I told her it was outstanding. I'd already seen it twice, but it was a great movie. She said that she had tried to, uh, to watch it. My dad got her like one of those shitty online internet copies of it that for some reason she was describing this, that it changed languages on her like three times. I don't know if any of you people, you people, what do you mean? You people, you know, you internet fucking pirates or whatever. Um, I don't know if anybody who's ever t made an attempt to watch some of these online screeners, um, have seen how bad the fucking quality is on some of these. Um, I have, and I, I don't watch them anymore. It, yeah. Is it great that I can just stay home and watch a movie that's in theaters? Sure. And maybe if I was watching fucking gone girl or something, you know, plain Jane like that, where there's really the most suspenseful thing is, yeah, I don't even know. Even that was good. I, yeah, I can't really, maybe the woman on the train, that movie was fucking all over the place. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the idea is that there's not, nothing visual going on. You don't have the sky exploding and aliens popping out everywhere, I guess. I don't, I don't know my kind of movies. Um, I, I don't know. I, the quality seems bad on these. So I can't. I watch them and I'm like, I can't make it what's going on. And then for whatever reason, the screen's fucking half tilted because someone set up a camera on a tripod in a movie theater. If anyone has never watched a movie on the internet and go, oh, I didn't even realize you could download them unless it was Netflix or whatever. Like, no, I'm talking like people will download movies that are in theaters watch them with Japanese subtitles, Russian dubbing, you know, anyways, that's what my dad got for my mom. So she watched like, I think a little bit of it. She couldn't understand what the fuck was going on. And, and the quality was so bad. So she's like, ah, I just didn't look very good. And I told her, look, I've seen it twice. I'm ridiculous. I don't, I still don't, I don't go see movies more than once in the theater, but right. I saw it the one time. Then I saw it again for free in the, uh, the IMAX, uh, projector room. And then, uh, and then, so I said, yeah, if you want to see it again, I'll see it with you or not, you know, again, if you want to see it, I'll see it with you. She was on the fence, but she said, sure, let's do it. 
So I took her to see it. And she thoroughly enjoyed herself. She jumped a whole bunch of the theater and she thought, oh, wow. It's, she's just leaving there going, wow, that Stephen King sure knows how to scare you, huh? <laughs> uh, it doesn't really sound like that. I can't really do a very good mother impression, but she was, she had a good time. She didn't go home and, and just, you know, watch TV. She went out with her kid and watched a really big TV. So that's what I did on Tuesday. I went to see it again. Um, and uh, third, like last week, Thursday night, I had, uh, you know, uh, Kamar here was going to see something. I filled in for him at absolute comedy, uh, had a great show. I hosted for, uh, the feature act was, oh God, Justin Rivera. Almost forgot his name. Um, only because of the pressure, but I met Justin for the first time. Justin has been on, uh, America's got talent and, uh, you know, performed on comedy central, a super good guy. He does like a, like a comedy magic kind of thing or Mr. Comedy magic, misdirect kind of thing. I, it was great. He, I was really, it's been a long time since I've seen, you know, uh, like a new act and just really been that engaged and exciting. Like I see a lot of comedy and I like seeing new comics, like seeing new comedy, but, um, you sort of just sit and watch the, but his show is very engaging and, uh, and very exciting. And, and even though he was doing some similar things, um, in the sense that it's like all magic tricks and stuff, like he was doing similar things, but he still had a way of pulling you in and then going, ah, fuck, like just, you know, uh, getting a good pop out of the, uh, the joke. So I had a really good time, uh, watching Justin. And then I had an opportunity to see Dana Alexander, who was headlining. Um, Dana did a great job. She's originally from Canada. Now makes her home in uh, the UK. So that was, uh, that was very fun to see. I haven't seen uh, Dana since she was bad, you know, at yuck yucks years ago. She was probably one of the first acts that I saw when I was just watching comedy, like before I was a comic. So it was cool to, uh, to see her again and to work with her. That's what I did with my Thursday evening. Um, I'm trying to think of anything exciting happened on Thursday night, you know, like besides the show, anything interesting. I can't, I mean, I, I wish I had something I had, but, uh, no, I think we just did the show and left, um, Friday, uh, Crystal and I left. Uh, Ottawa and a friend of hers, uh, has just bought a house and has a couple dogs. So they asked us to like house sit dog sit. I don't really know what the formal thing, I don't know what took precedence if we were sitting in the house or sitting the dogs, I'm pretty sure it was the dogs, but uh, that's what we did. We watched, we stayed at someone's house and watched their dogs. Um, we left Friday evening and the whole thing was we had planned going into the weekend that we were going to do some couple activities. You know, we were, we had done some research. I mean, it sounds like it sounds ridiculous, but we, we were looking for some stay home activities. So we both Googled some stuff. I found the, the, would you rather thing, apparently playing, would you rather uh, in a couple's context is actually uh, a lot of fun. It's a good, um, I don't know, a good getting to know each other connection builder because some situations because of how in depth they can go, you know, uh, it's a be really good. It was also something we played around the campfire back at Mika's cottage a few weeks ago. So it was fun playing with a big group of people, but it was kind of cool to, to just do one-on-one. So I, I basically got all these, would you rathers off the internet? And, um, and that was one of the things we were going to do. We'd had some, uh, some other little ideas and stuff that basically we had planned a great little opportunity to, to hang out with each other do some things, do some bonding stuff. Um, so we, uh, we left for this place, um, got there, I think, geez, I think like seven o'clock or so, um, took the dogs out, right. We brought, uh, brought our little, our little fellow there, Cooper. We brought him with us, uh, chase didn't come cause it would have been four dogs and that's just too many. Um, so we brought, brought the three pooches, um, took them for a, a walk around the neighborhood. And then we were like, all right, let's get some dinner. We haven't eaten today. Let's get some dinner. And because we were in a small town about an hour away from Ottawa, 
you know, you sort of forget that that shit closes down and there's really, really limited options uh, in a small town after 5 p.m. So uh, we ended up looking for three different places. We actually drove 15 minutes away to a different town. I don't want to name them because I'm not trying to put too fine a point on where this person lives, just in case it's rude of me to, to say where. Um, you know, in a town of four houses, it's fucking process of elimination. But uh, um, basically, we, we we started Googling, like, hey, is there a fucking pizza place open? Is there a diner, a restaurant? And we had brought, uh, we had brought Cooper with us. So we actually found a restaurant that got you know, uh, good reviews from the passerby, um, doing things with the dog couldn't, uh, couldn't take him inside. So we ended up driving to, I think the local, what was it? Mr. Mozzarella. And across the street from there was a Milano's. So I don't know what that means to anybody outside there. I don't know how far away from Ottawa that goes in terms of a chain, but they're, they're basically chains here in Ottawa and they get, I guess they had them in this, this little small town area. And, um, I gotta say in the big city, there's walk-in specials, you know, you can walk in and you can pay $12.99 or whatever for a pizza. And we weren't looking for a whole bunch, you know, just something to, to have for dinner, you know, something like that. Like I, I get all these places are like, Hey, get our $36.99 special, two medium pizzas and a, you know, dozen wings and some drinks and some fucking like, can, do you have any specials for regular human beings that are not like, not every day is the fucking Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Can you just have some specials that are you know, decent or not feeding again, if your biggest clientele, these family feasts, you know, where it's like, Hey, get, get three pizzas, three pizzas, three toppings, you know, a six pack of fucking Coke and this and that. It's like, dude, who the fuck is feeding their family that much? And again, this is a small town, right? So here's, here's what I got. They took away the fucking walk-in specials, right? And these places didn't have the, the regular walk-in specials at these same chains that we're aware of here in the city. And they still have these giant meal deals. And I'm like, come on. The people in this area are not, are not only eating giant fucking meals. Like, you know, they want their families to live. Not every time they go out, they're like, yeah, that's just all I, I, I'm, I'm losing my, my, my steam in terms of or my point. I should say point is, is when you go to these places nowadays, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I don't like to walk into a fucking pizza place and go, okay, I just want to buy a large pizza and get the fuck out of here. And your only option is something that's like 26 bucks. And for a, for a fucking pizza, it's, it's bread with cheese and, and sauce. It's not, you know, I'm not like a, Hey, can I get a bunch of steaks sewn together? You know, it's, it's fucking pizza. So, I mean, I've, uh, I've recently sworn off the, the Domino's and pizza pizza. Cause that's way too fucking cheap. I don't like being able to walk into a place and for five bucks, I can walk out with a medium pepperoni pizza. That seems too crazy in the opposite direction. I'm, you know, I doubt it's even food at that point. I, uh, but anyways, yeah, 11 minutes in, I don't know if I've done anything like a bitch about the, the price of pizza in a small town, but I just, I, I don't know if that, if, like, if you guys feel the same way, like, I don't mind going out to a place and getting something like that every now and again, but like I said, 26 bucks, $27 for one pizza seems a little fucking high. So I avoid those places. I try to find the ones in the medium that are like, like I said, if I can walk in, I could be 13, $13 for a, a pepperoni pizza. I'm, I'm good with that. I feel like they're using real ingredients and stuff at that point, you know? It's not too cheap, but it's not ridiculously expensive. And I, I'll be honest with you, the places that you're charging like $26.99 for their pizza, I really have not found them like outstanding. You know what I mean? If they were giving you like, if it was the best of the best, fine. There's a few restaurants where you can sit down and order a pizza. They don't deliver because they're a restaurant. And in that case, yeah, if you're eating a meal for two, 20 bucks for a pizza, 
makes sense. It's ten dollars a head. It's about as reasonably priced as anything else going on in terms of, you know, what you're what you're spending, what you're getting per head, whatever. That shit's reasonable. I'm not fucking crazy, but I, I can handle that. Anyways, no more complaining about pizza. We ended up finding a spot down the street that uh, did Chinese food, and we got an outstanding meal. We we ordered it, came back in, you know, took the dog for uh, for a, tr- a walk, ordered that, went back to the uh, the house. On our way there, we got uh, we it was small town, so we had a, a railroad crossing. Um, as we were driving up to it, the lights were blinking, and we were figured, okay, the train train must be on its way. Sat there for like five minutes no train. Um, there was cars on the other side of the barricade, you know, or the, the, the bridge, not bridge, the little, uh, posts, the barriers on the other side of the barriers. And, uh, yeah, they weren't moving either. Like they, everyone was just sort of sitting there like, okay, where the, where, where the fuck is this train? So eventually we ended up backing up and driving 10 minutes around because the only road in town was like that. And when we finally, I think maybe 15 minutes later, we were driving, um, where the train was coming from, or at least quote unquote, where it's supposed to be coming from. And and we saw the train like approaching. It was probably still five, 10 minutes away from getting to where we were originally waiting for it. So tw- I would say 25 minutes prior to a train arriving, they just closed down that street. I don't know if that's normal or an extreme malfunction at some point, but for like 15 minutes, we were joking about how like maybe the kids in the small town, that's how they get their kicks as they trip off the sensors that barricade the roads in their small town. Which basically at, you know, nine o'clock at night really just pisses off one person because everyone else is already in bed. <laughs> Anyways, I'm all over the map with this so far. The point is, I'm making it sound like that was my weekend was was waiting for pizza and uh, stuck at a, a railroad crossing. No, anyways, we it was it, the small town dynamic still fascinates me. You know what I mean? I, I it's very cool to be at a place that like everyone sort of knows each other. Not a lot of privacy in the sense that like you do something, everybody, everybody knows your business. Some people kind of like that. Some people don't. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence of it. I'm not really a private person. Obviously I tell you guys everything on this podcast, but I think just the idea that like you never get away from it, you know, everybody knows your business all the time, you know? And like I said, shit closing down. You know, I, I like being a city kid. You know what I mean? I like being around the city. I like being able to walk or drive about, you know, worst case 15, 20 minutes to like anything that I, you know, want to do movies and and retailers and things are open late. Right. So I can sit like a fat fuck and eat a pizza at one o'clock in the morning, go to bed with acid reflux and wake up in the morning with a hangover somehow from food. (laughs) You know what I mean? Anyways, I don't know. Um, point is, is that we finally got back to this place and, and we're looking forward to, um, spending some time together. Unfortunately, both Crystal and I have horrible seasonal allergies. So by the time we got back after being out in the country and driving through all these fields and everything like that to, to get back to the place, um, we were so congested. We were so stuffed up, you know, uh, we were, we were hungry. We took some, uh, some, I think it was Benadryl or at least the active ingredient in that, And all that ended up happening was we started to get super drowsy. So all the things that we were looking to do, we just got so, so drowsy. And we ended up, I think, trying to put something on TV to watch for dinner or to watch. Yeah. To to watch while eating dinner. And, um, I could not get basically it was a technology breakdown. So instead of eating, I'm sitting there, I spent 45 minutes trying to make the laptop connect to the TV so we could watch uh crave TV. We're going to watch, uh, I'm dying up here again. I talked about weeks ago. 
Um, good show on Showtime. Uh, Crystal hadn't seen it yet, so I was like, all right, let's uh, let's let's start it up. I'm only a few episodes in. We'll get caught up. We'll do this. Um, we like I said, we were both feeling a little drowsy, groggy, and that was uh, that was sort of the um, the evening. We watched a like like I couldn't get it to work. I ended up putting on Crave TV on the iPad, and thank God I brought my portable speaker. So we were basically both curled up on these two couches in the living room, congested, drowsy, and we're watching, we're both sharing an iPad to watch, uh, I'm dying up here, which surprisingly was still a nice experience, but we started passing out, you know, pretty early. We, uh, we, we basically woke up after an episode and a half and went up to bed. That was our, <laughs> that was our Friday. Um, we had had some drinks too, um, uh, amongst, you know, watching stuff, but um, for a night that, that originally I think both of us were really looking forward to being sort of like a, a bonding experience for the two of us ended up being running around, looking for food, um, waiting to, to cross the only main street because of a train that was eventually coming, um, to getting back super congested, taking drugs that doped us up and knocked us out. And, um, and yeah, I mean, we still had, we still had a good time together. Um, we were there, uh, for the whole day, Saturday, we spent, um, Again, sometime woke up in the morning, had breakfast together, um, which was nice. We, uh, we, we tried to get to some of us of our list again, both of us very drugged up, you know, went out and got coffees and stuff like that for breakfast, took the dogs, uh, again. And then we decided that we, we should, you know, take, um, take the opportunity to try to get some of the stuff off our list. So we did end up playing, uh, would you rather, which I talked about, which is, you know, it's for anyone who doesn't know, would you rather is like, Hey, would you rather, you know, be blind or be deaf? Boom. Like just a question like that. And then you answer it. And we both took turns doing the same things. Um, that was fun for a bit. And then we just started getting like, it's, um, I guess one of the reasons it's good too, is that it basically gets you talking about your preferences and your thoughts and your ideas. So the, the conversation, um, definitely deepened where we just stopped talking about the would you rathers and just started talking to each other about, you know, uh, you know, our, our, our interests and our, you know, some of our fears and things like that, you know, why we picked this and that just basically led to deeper conversation. And that was what really, you know, I think both of us were looking forward to was just an opportunity to reconnect again. Um, just in the sense that, um, we don't live together. You know, I've, I've mentioned it a few times ago, we don't live together. We see each other, you know, a couple of times a week. Um, but we both live uh, very, very busy lives. I've got a lot going on. Crystal has a lot going on and we operate at different times of the day. So, um, it's important to, uh, this is the part where I, uh, you know, do a little relationship therapy. It's important to nurture that aspect, you know, of the relationship is that we're important to each other. So we, uh, <laughs> we just try to remember, you know, that it's more than just, you know, getting drunk and passing out in front of the iPad together. <laughs> so we, uh, we basically, uh, we played that for a while, had our deep conversation. It was nice. I was hosting, um, the show at the clock tower in Westboro on Saturday night. So we did have to sort of, you know, get ourselves ready and, and go back into town. Crystal came with me, of course, um, fun show to do in uh, Westboro. It's I think once a month and it's in this kind of really cool little back area of, uh, of this really large sort of microbrewery, uh, place. Um, good listener of the podcast. Chris was there. I brought his lovely wife, Rebecca and two of their friends. They were in town doing some stuff. So, uh, Chris from Renfrew. Uh, came in to, to hang out with some friends that day and, uh, they all ended up coming to the show that evening. So it was very cool to see them. Um, apparently they had dinner there and several pints of beer. I actually had a mild anxiety attack, 
not not really, but I I do get these little like oh fuck did I fuck up? Uh, Chris had sent me a text message at seven o'clock, which was basically when we we're getting ready to leave the house that we were at and drive back to Ottawa. Right, basically takes an hour to get there, and Chris is like, hey, we're here. Where are you, man? And I'm like, uh, show doesn't start till nine o'clock. We're not there till like eight thirty. And he's like, oh, I'm just fucking with you. In the couple of minutes that that it took for Chris to be like, I'm just fucking with you. We're here for dinner, or whatever. I was like, is the show at eight o'clock? Are we fucking behind? Like, did I did I fuck up the time? Even though I know it's nine o'clock, I know confidently it's nine o'clock. I just, if you give me any reason to doubt, I will I will doubt it. I will take it and run with it. So. I remember that being the case. Uh, good show again at the clock tower. Uh, it was myself hosting Dana Alexander again from Thursday night, uh, headlining that show, uh, cool little opportunity to just, you know, go in for, for, uh, the evening, um, you know, tell some jokey jokes and then, uh, and then head back. We also took the opportunity to pick up the kiddos and, um, we brought them back with us to the house cause we were spending uh, that night and Sunday, uh, day at the house as well. Still dog watching. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was, it was great. Uh, thank you to, uh, Chris, Rebecca, and your two friends for coming out. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm sorry if it seems like I'm a little, uh, little lost. I'm just trying to remember, I'm having a bit of a tough time remembering what we did. Oh my God. Saturday night we got back, uh, and Crystal and I had some wine and made a fire. They have a nice little sort of fire pit, uh, in the backyard of the, the house we were watching. And, uh, we got an opportunity to have a fire and sort of just sit quietly, the two of us together by the fire. That was, that was one of the, the nicest parts of the, the weekend. Um, yeah. And then there was weird country noises that scared us. We think we took the dogs for a walk at one point and heard some crazy music that we like, that sounded like it was coming from the next house. And then in, as we were walking through the neighborhood, it just said the next house, the next house. And then before you knew it, we were at this big, like sort of highway road crossing and it looked like it was coming from some farmhouse across like a cornfield. And I was like that, like it's so horror movie ish, like a, like a dream where you wake up and you're walking through this neighborhood in the middle of the night and it's dark and quiet, you know, where's the sound coming from? Is it from, from here, from here? And then before you know it, it's this, this like fucking barn house, you know, across the field, like just scary. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we were walking through trying to find where the, the, the music was coming from. And when we finally found like a way across this farmer's field in this, this, uh, like old barn, I was like, yeah, fuck that. We're gonna get murdered. You know, it seemed odd that nobody in the entire neighborhood at one o'clock in the morning in a small town, you'd think someone's making that much fucking racket. And we're talking like three, four blocks away. We heard it at the house when we left. And then anyways, you finally get there and it's this, this crazy place across the field. Very scary. Um, just cr like not scary, creepy. All right. Maybe I've seen it too many times in the last couple of weeks, but the idea that this, this weird ominous, and it was like weird, the two songs. It was, I'm too sexy. Right. And the other one was sexual healing. So that just seemed fucking rapey. Maybe that's what I found so creepy about it. It's like, I'm too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love. I'm like, why is this playing at one o'clock in the morning? <laughs> in the middle of the country. And then the original Marvin Gaye sexual healing, not the goofy reggae remake. Anyways. Um, so yeah, uh, Sunday was fun. We got to spend some time with the kids, go, you know, have breakfast, you know, take the dogs out a little bit more and just sort of relax and this and that. And then we, uh, we packed up and headed home. That was the, the weekend. You know, I had a, I had a good time when I got home, I got to play Friday the 13th with Brody. We played some that and we went and chopped people up. I got to be the fucking killer luring people to their death. Very fun. 
Um, I've talked about it before, Friday the 13th. Uh, Chris has uh, sent an email in this week asking me some video game questions. So I don't, I think part of the reason that I'm all over the place, guys, is that there's a lot to talk about uh, this week. And I don't want to just natter on needlessly, but, uh, but I'm excited to get to all of it. And I just want to make sure I don't spend, you know, too, too long on one subject. At the same time, I don't want to brush over what's going on with me. Last week, the uh, going out of town was probably the most fun that I've had in a while. So as much as it's sort of seems uneventful, I don't know, last time you guys just had like a, you know, a Sunday afternoon where you sat around and didn't really do a whole heck of a lot, you know? Oh, we, what did we do? We found this cool little uh, store there. Like they have, uh, okay. So. Crystal and I with, with traveling to the cottage, uh, Mika's cottage with doing this little small town thing. Some of the trips that we've done, you know, areas out of town, we've seen these fucking stars on, on a lot of like houses, small, small houses, country houses. I don't know if you guys have seen them. Um, but it's just a five pointed star. They, most of the ones I've seen were Brown. Um, I had crystal pointed out a few occasionally and even the, the place where we were at, they had a few of them in the house. I've only seen them outside. Of course, I wasn't in everybody's house that was there, but it seemed to be like an outside decoration, almost like American flags are in the States. You know what I mean? You drive through a neighborhood and everyone's got to put a fucking flag on their house. Like almost like the people who don't have a flag, it's like, well, get them, you know, but I, I just, there's these stars on all of these houses in the country. So we were at this, you know, uh, I think spot, we, we went to two stores. One of the stores that we went to on Saturday was this tiny little like sort of decorative shop. I guess they both were, I, I'm going to do a real shit job of explaining, but it looked like a plant store where they had those hanging globes. You know how like putting plants in a hanging globe is like the rage now. Well, a store that has that shit amongst other things, bath bombs. And it looked like it was like a local sort of craft and, and art shop, but even that's not doing it justice. It was like, okay, they had like jams and sauces. Okay. Then they had bath bombs and soaps and they had like these glass plant hangy things. Don't fucking call them hanging gardens or whatever they're called. Then they had like these stars, the stars that were made, like, but, but stacked on each other. Then they had other such things, socks and stuff. So it's basically like local people who've made these things, the local makers, mom and pop airs, but they're selling everybody's products in this one store. All right. The, the local fucking go-to co-op. I don't know why words escape me so easily these days. Anyways, um, we went to that store, Crystal. We asked the woman there when we saw the stars for sale, we go, Hey, we see these stars everywhere. What the fuck is the story? That's how I talk to people, by the way. I have seen this before. What the fuck is the problem? You know, what's the deal with these stars? And somebody told me that, or sorry, the woman that was there said that someone told her that it means you're a swinger. So I, what I said to her, I go, well, I don't, you know, one person says it. I don't know if I can buy it. She said, oh no, like one person told me and it's been corroborated by several of the people. I'm like, well, do all of the fucking people in the country, like are, are country folk aware of this, that it means fucking swingers. I'll tell you the people whose house we were, we were watching. I would be super surprised if they knew that that's what it meant, because I can tell you that they would, they would. If they found out, they would strip them all off. <laughs> just, just the nature of the people. I'm pretty sure they don't want to be decorating like, hey, we're swingers, you know? So um, I don't know if anyone's aware of that. I know Mika's cottage has one of these stars on it. Mika, you've got some splaining to do, buddy. I need to talk to your folks. Um, but again, I, I think it's more decorative. People in the country see these stars and it's almost like, oh, we should, we should do one too, you know? Follow suit. So that's what the star means. 
Um, and and Sunday when we were with the kids, we went out to a local chip wagon for lunch. See, now it's all coming back to me. The problem was I'm trying to remember the entire weekend all in a moment's notice. And I couldn't remember everything. I was so doped up at allergy medication. But we went out to uh, to a chip wagon, very, very reasonable priced in comparison to the pizza shops, let me tell you. But we had uh, we had lunch there. And then on our way back, we saw a little, little sort of, uh, again, craft shop, uh, knickknack, odds and ends. It was like, let's put it this way. It was like this small town's version of HomeSense. Went in, took a peek at stuff, more stars, stars of all shapes and sizes. But uh, we saw all sorts of different little cool things. Crystal ended up picking up some stuff. And, um, I'm looking forward to going over and putting it up. So I meant to put that into the, uh, the original story. We're just going to have to pay attention to it. So anyways, this weekend of all sorts of, of, of looking and learning and, and finding out and being lost and being drugged up and everything like that. I, I did have a good time. It was a, it was a great weekend with, uh, with the family. So what do we go back to now? That was basically the week guys. I saw it again. I hosted a couple shows and I went out of town. So anyways, this weekend I figured guys that, uh, since I was playing, would you rather with crystal and I thought it was kind of fun, an opportunity to get to know her a little bit better, her get to know me just in our answers and our reasoning behind some things. I thought, Hey, wouldn't it be fun if I, uh, did some, would you rather's with you guys? So, um, as always, I'm going to invite you guys to send in an, an, any emails. If you had decided would you rather's that you have in mind that you want to throw into me, I'm always happy to read them going forward. But for now I figure I'll pick a few of these out and we can you know, have some fun right now. So I'm just scrolling through the wrist. We, like, I, I think I have about, uh, let me see here, 68 of them. That's a, we are not doing that many. That's not, I just mean, I grabbed 68 of them and Crystal and I did maybe 20, maybe. So I'm just trying to go beyond the ones that her and I did and thought, uh, do some fresh ones here. Would you rather always know when someone is lying or always get away with lying? Um, so with that one, what would I rather do? I think I'd, I think I'd always want to know when someone is lying. I don't want to be dishonest. So I, I don't want to be able to get away with lying. I, I would rather be able to tell when someone else is lying, especially in my industry, you know? So would you rather be able to talk with all animals or be able to speak all foreign languages? How about that? Um, I would, uh, rather be able to talk with animals. There's so many animals in the world, so many different shapes and sizes, different things. I think I would rather be able to talk with animals because they could gather information for me. And I think that I could learn from their experiences or at least would be fascinating. So imagine that, right? Cause there's lots of people who can speak different languages. I got Google translate, but Google translate does not take animal sounds and, and make them in there. So that's my answer. I feel like I could, I could find out what other people were saying. There'd be someone or else who could do that. But if I could talk with animals, I'd be the only person who'd be able to do that. I would be Dr. Doolittle. Would you rather be caught cheating or catch your significant other cheating? I, I almost, I think, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go with my gut. My gut says I would rather, um, catch my significant other cheating because that would suck. But I think the idea of hurting, of hurting my significant other, um, I think that would suck way more. So there you go. Would I rather be caught cheating or catch your significant other cheating? Would you rather be a lawyer or a doctor? I think I would rather be a doctor because I feel like doctors help people and I feel like lawyers fuck people. Um, I could be wrong. There's, there's times where a lawyer can really help you out. You know, you can find some good lawyers like the ones in uh, making a murderer. You know, those guys who tried to help Stephen Avery. Uh, they still lost. So useless. Then again, doctors lose uh, patients all the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, it still seems very simple. I'd rather be a doctor. I'm very squeamish. So I, but I don't feel like that's a good enough 
I'm squeamish in the sense that I'm fucking like, I don't know. Have you guys ever, <laughs> it takes me back to pizza. Like the earlier conversation, have you ever been watching, uh, like, like you get some, some pizza, you sit down, you go to watch TV when you're eating, whatever you flip to the channels and you hit like one of those fucking open heart surgery. Ugh, fuck. That's upsetting. Have you ever, have you ever done that? Just walking and then they're just performing surgery in a channel. That's, that's fuck. Ugh. Making myself sick thinking about it. Uh, so like I'm squeamish in the sense that I can't watch a fucking heartbeat while people are sucking shit. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, everything's going. Bleh. Okay. So maybe I got like, I, I don't want my decision to this question to be based on whether or not I think I can handle it. It's asking me what I would rather be, not what do I think I could do better. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'd rather be a doctor, right? There's good things that come from that lawyer. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think doctor feels like a hands-on thing. Lawyer is more like reading and paperwork, but it's, it's also talking, standing there and blah, 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 and in court, you know, to an extent, right? Dep- depends on the kind of law, but, uh, anyways, yeah, I'd rather be a doctor than a lawyer. Okay. And, um, let's see what else we have here. So would you rather, oh, yeah. Okay. I remember when I, when I put this one on the list. So would you rather using your bare hands end the life of an average human baby or 100 cute puppies? That's easy for me. I would rather end the life of a, one baby than hundred puppies with my bare hands, right? Cause you gotta do your bare hands with both. I do not know what person. I mean, I like animals better anyways. Some of you guys want to know about me. I like animals. I don't like people. All right. I hate all of you. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I have an empathy for animals. I'm not PETA. I'm not looking to be fucking ridiculous. I'm just saying I, I kind of, the way people feel for babies, which I do too, right? They're innocent. Babies don't know anything. They're cute. They're adorable. They're, they're the future. That made me fucking puke more than the surgery channel. That bullshit. But people are whatever they, they work themselves to be. I don't give a fuck. Yes. You're the future of the human race. Fuck. What do we need to be around for? Oh, humans. Fuck us. Sorry to you know, my friends with newfound babies, nothing wrong with the kids. I'm just saying children are innocent. Okay. They haven't done anything wrong. They haven't harmed anybody. You know, that's why we protect them. And that's why the idea of doing anything to them is so fucking atrocious. Well, I think that about animals. I think animals are just being animals. They're not trying to hurt anybody. They're innocent. We encroach on their habitats and we, we treat them like, you know, again, I'm also a carnivore. I fucking eat animals too. So I'm probably a hypocrite, but I'm just trying to tell you the, the internal thoughts of me on it. But I feel like, I feel like animals get fucked a lot on this planet. Um, you know, we treat them and we treat them like they don't matter. The same people are like, Oh, children are so precious are the same people who don't give a fuck about animals. So I, I think that's a hypocrisy too. So I think this, this is why I, I care more about animals is because there's enough fucking people out there looking out for the babies and humans that I don't mind. I don't mind being with the underdog right now. And the underdog in this particular case is a hundred dogs. I think that even, yeah, let me get off my soapbox. I'll at least try to, but I think that's fucked up is that this, this, uh, analogy, right? Using your bare hands to end the life of of a human baby or 100 cute puppies. So that's basically what some people have, have equated it to. It's like, oh, you like a hundred puppies is worth about the same as one kid. And I'm like, that's a hundred lives versus one. Do you know what I mean? 
you add up the average age of all those dogs, that those dogs are going to way outlive that puppy. You turn those all into a hundred CNI dogs. Those are going to be, uh, you know, that's going to help a hundred blind people live better lives. You know, that baby, I'm not going to say the obvious, which is he could be the next Hitler, right? Everyone says that, you know, but he could just be, he could be the next, you know, Trump. Yeah. Yeah, he could. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that, uh, that could go wrong with that kid. Hey, some of those puppies could get feral, but I bet you not all of them, you know? Anyways, I don't know. Um, I, I, uh, easily end the kid's life. Boom. And I don't have to, I don't have to feel that, that neck bone area, you know, like I don't have to feel one esophagus just crunch under my weight. I probably wouldn't even have to actively try. I could just lean on the kid. You know, I got a lot of weight. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry if I've, I know so many of you are new parents. It's hilarious to me that, uh, but I'm sure again, this is, this is about opening up and being honest with the situation. I'm telling you that my soul would start to erode, erode. Well, actually you'd think it would after killing one kid. You know, I think everybody's got at least one kid in them that they could kill, <laughs> but, uh, I just, yeah, like just puppy after puppy after to a hundred. Are you fuck? They, they squeak and they make way funnier sounds and cuter sounds than babies. You know, babies make fucking, yeah, yeah. Puppies make the funniest noises. I've never heard a baby make that noise. You know, they make noises like that out of their ass. And then you have to do a bunch of fucking work. Anyways. Really long-winded answer to that question. I'm not killing a hundred puppies. I will kill the kid. I'd rather not do either, but you know, if I, uh, if you need a hand with something, you know, you know, yeah, Josh, give me a hand this weekend. I show up and you go, you know what? I get it. Can you kill this kid for me? Or there's a hundred puppies over there. I'll do the other one. I go, yeah, you just, you go take care of the puppies. No, that's fucked up. That's me delegating the worst. Okay. Maybe let's move on. I, I don't have too many more of these in me. I'm sure you guys are probably getting sick of the sound of my voice right now. Um, let's see what else we have here. Ooh, here's a good one. Uh, would you rather have an excellent relationship and a terrible and terrible sex or have an awful relationship with incredible sex? Um, I think that that's a tough one. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a way to paraphrase. Um, basically having a terrible relationship and incredible sex is a prostitute. That's what prostitution is. You don't have a good relationship with them. You have a business relationship <laughs> Um, and actually I can't, I can't guarantee that the sex is incredible either, but I think that that's very funny. The idea is it's like, you know what? We don't have much of a relationship, but, uh, it was a good time. I had a good time. And, uh, if you could just leave or get out of my car, however it works in that situation. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I want to connect, right? I mean, how many married guys have a good relationship with their wives and end up beating off every morning when she goes up to have a shower? I don't know. <laughs> people that is, but the amount of cliched times that that's been shown, um, is fucking hysterical to me. I, I feel fortunate because I have a good relationship and I have a good sex life. So I don't really feel like tossing either one away, but I, I think I'd have to go with excellent relationship. If I had to toss one thing aside, I wouldn't toss the relationship in exchange for the sex. I would keep the relationship and get rid of the old sex. I think that's what crystal has right now. <laughs> I think I think Crystal has a good relationship with me and terrible sex because she has to have sex with me. Um, she doesn't have to, we don't have an agreement or anything. I, she, yeah, let's, I don't know. I, I, I so can't throw her under the bus. 
Um, just in terms of like, I want to make jokes about it and stuff. I just don't want her to feel, you know, to make it disgusting or whatever. Um, I love her and it's a great service she's doing for me to be sexually active with me in any capacity whatsoever. Thank you, sweetheart. If you're listening, <laughs> um, what's another one we could do here? Would you rather? Yeah. I should almost say, Hey, what would she rather? That would be a funny thing to do. I, I can't figure out how to apply just that last one. Um, yeah, what's another one that we could do here? Would you rather, oh, here's a stupid one, have mermaids be real or have unicorns be real? Why the fuck would I care about that? Does, who, I don't know, have unicorns be real? You know, it's like saying, I don't know, that unicorns, I'm more likely to run into a unicorn on land than I am a mermaid. Plus mermaids, the real ones are actually fucking horrible, uh, they're, they're creatures, real mermaids from mythology are creatures. They sing a, they call them sirens and they would sing a siren song. It's been referred to a few times in pop culture stuff. And I don't know if a lot of people know the origin of it, but, uh, sirens basically sing a song that when you hear it effectively tells your brain that you're, you're being promised every, every wish that you would, you know, possibly want in your life fulfilled. You know, you, you just, you hear their song and it's like, come to us, we'll grant you this and this will happen. It's basically just f complete and utter contentment and joy. And what would happen is they'd lure you to them and, uh, and then they would eat you because they were creatures. So it was basically like fucking Pennywise. Oh, the it references. Um, yeah, just lure you to them and then eat you. And, uh, I was actually watching shark tank last night as I've been known to do in the last few weeks. Uh, at least until I run out of episodes, man, I'm loving these 24 episode seasons. I fucking fuck Netflix shows, six episodes in a season's over. Fuck you. Right. 24 episodes, one hour long of shark tank. Make it. So, you know, that's what I've been watching. Anyways, uh, last night, Kevin was telling the story, was trying to talk about the story of the odyssey. Uh, and he said that, uh, oh, well, well, Ulysses was on his ship and Ulysses asked people, I'll tell you guys the story in a second, but basically he was referring to the character Odysseus, not Ulysses. And I found it odd that nobody else on the show, he'd mentioned Ulysses a few times and nobody on the show corrected him and said, actually, uh, it's Odysseus. And the story is the Odyssey, what you're referring to by Homer. I know that story. Um, but the story is basically Odysseus was sailing amongst many other things he was doing, uh, in that whole story of the Odyssey. At one point he would, they were sailing past, they could see the sirens. And what he did was he ordered all of the men on the ship to, uh, take wax, you know, warm it in their hands and then stick it in their ears. So they couldn't see the siren or sorry, couldn't hear the siren song. So they'd be able to, to row right past it. You know what I mean? Without being distracted and, and crash the ship under the rocks and be feasted upon by these horrible fucking mermaids. Um, but what Odysseus asked was for his men to tie him to the mast because he wanted to hear it. He wanted to know what the song was all about, but he didn't want to be, you know, succumb to it. So he had his men tie him to the mast so that he could hear it on his way by. And he screamed and begged for them to release him so that he could go and, and be with these, these sirens, um, until they got so far away that the effects of the thing, uh, wore off on him. So, uh, fuck mermaids. I've never seen angry, evil unicorns. So I'm going, I'm going unicorns on that one. Don't ever ask me simple questions, guys. I will fucking make them as long winded as possible. Um, yeah, well, would you rather mentally never age or physically never age? 
Um, well, I would say physically never age, but I, I guess it depends on the, the, the jumping off point. Like if I was a baby and I'm walking around, I can't even hold my own head up, you know, stand up and fall over, bash into the floor, you know, but then I'm 80 years old and that baby mind, like, can you imagine trying to develop, open a book and like, oh, I want to try to read the paper newspapers twice as fucking tall as you are. I don't know. So it would depend on this, but, but that sounds almost like if you said mentally never age, but then physically age, like, can you imagine being an old broken down four-year-old? You know what I mean? It's basically Jack from Robin Williams, the movie there where he's a, where he's an adult kid. I don't think that looks very fun. I'd rather physically not age and then still be able to mentally progress. Um, let's do one more. I think, uh, I think this thing, I think this little segment has run its fucking course. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Okay. So here's, here's one. Would you rather have a five-star restaurant, personal chef who can prepare and eat uh, a meal at any time of day or a chauffeur that drives you to and from anywhere you want in any vehicle of your choice? Um, I'm going the five-star chef because I would ask him to create meals that are tasty yet nutritious right? Not the, not the shit that I'm always eating. Um, plus that's a skill that I don't possess. Um, I can cook, but I'm not a five-star chef with a knowledge of, you know, flavors and things. Um, so I, I, I would want that. I, you make me food, whatever I want. Perfect. Um, I can engage, you know, I can, I can do other things with that time. The idea that you have a chauffeur that drives you wherever you want to go in whatever car, I already know how to drive. You know what I mean? So why would I get someone else driving? It's not like him driving really affords me much other, you know, like time. Like I'm still in the car and I don't like, you know, being on my phone that much. Like I use my phone when I absolutely have to with no other alternative, but it's not like I would sit there and just, you know, text on my phone or write emails or something. And the whole idea that it's in whatever car you want, like. I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not a gearhead. I don't give a fuck about cars. Like as long as it gets me there, you know, I I'm happy. So, um, to answer that final, would you rather, I would rather have the chef with the know-how, the cooking experience they can cook. Well, I can do whatever the fuck else I want to do. And I'm getting good, delicious, nutritious meals. That's the one I would take. So that was me doing, would you rather with you guys? I hope that that was entertaining because, uh, that was, that was hard. That was the first time I've ever tried to like read off of my phone, you know, search through a list of things on my phone. Try not to have too much hang time on this podcast. Mm, the cafe. Um, what else am I, what else am I chatting with you guys about? We played, would you rather, I got a couple of new pet peeves. I thought I'd tell you guys about, um, one of my pet peeves, um, when the Kleenex falls into the box, you know what I'm talking about? You get it down to like maybe a third to a quarter left of the Kleenex in the box and you had to pull one out and then it falls back down in the box and it's like flat in there. You're reaching around trying to find the edge to pull it back up and you can't. So you end up having to like grip onto like four or five of them. You pull that up and it fucking disorganizes everything inside the box and that just doesn't work anymore. So you reach in, you pull the whole fucking wad out and just stack it there, throw the goddamn box out. The whole, the whole master system of engineering for fucking Kleenexes falls all apart. Uh, that that's a pet peeve of mine. And another one is I was stuck in traffic this morning and I was stuck behind a, a truck. Um, 
and it sucks being stuck in traffic just sucks in general, but I hate being stuck behind something huge because I can't fucking see what's going on. You know, you're trying to, to look and see, okay, well, what's, what's the hold up? What's keeping, and there's just nothing to see except for the back of this fucking truck. Um, and the same is true if you're standing in line behind a tall person, um, not their fault. It's not the truck's fault either. It's just super annoying. I think, I, I think a pet peeve of mine is, is being stuck in a situation and having my view obstructed. I think that's what it is ultimately, but I hate being stuck in traffic behind a bus or a truck or whatever. Cause I can't see what the fuck's going on. I can't, I can't even see if maybe the traffic is thinning out. Is it an accident? What the fuck is going on? And just blind. I think that's what it is, is having my, is being blinded and stuck in a position. Um, and same thing, you know, you're stuck in a, in a lineup. There's a tall person in front of you. So you're like, okay, you know, I, I think that maybe you guys are like, well, what the fuck? I mean, like you're standing in line regulated lines, right? In movies, they have the, the roped sort of line. So I'm talking about like, not you just walk away from them, take a look and then walk back in your spot. But I'm thinking like, say like food court, stuck in a line behind somebody, can't read the menu because they're so fucking tall, they're blocking everything. And there's, there's limited space to move around and, and look. So I think it comes back to having the, the view obstructed, but yeah, that's a little pet peeve is just, it's being stuck with your behind something that's obstructing your view. That's all just a little pet peeve. That's all these are. You know, they're not my, my pure angry hatred. It's not like I sit around with a voodoo doll and just try to kill someone who's mildly, mildly bothered me a little. Um, so that's my new, uh, it's my new pet peeve. Um, another interesting thing that's happened recently, guys, that I thought I'd bring to light is I've got a, uh, brother in BC. Um, so here's, here's just a little, you know, piece of my family history. Um, I found out, you know, I think in my teens that my dad, so not my mom, but my dad had another kid with someone before he met my mom, uh, when it was younger and, um, found out that my whole family knew about it or whatever, but, but myself and my brother were, were never told. Um, and I didn't have one of those bullshit Kevin Costner and Robin Hood movies. I have a brother. I have a brother. I, I, I didn't didn't know it wasn't a, a huge thing to me because we didn't have like a super huge family or anything like that. I, I don't know. We've, we've sort of been, you know, with my, uh, my mom's, I guess growing up me and my brother, my mom, like we were very close knit. Like we didn't have a, a ton of, of, you know, um, family around all the time. So like, I don't know. Family was, was important in the sense that it was like my brother, my mom and I, that was, that was the family. Everyone else was relatives. And I don't know if anyone else feels like that. I don't know if that, that makes a whole lot of sense, but we haven't had a whole lot of time with family. Like we saw my grandparents occasionally. I saw my dad occasionally. Um, you know, we saw second cousins and shit incredibly occasionally, um, like years, you know, and then you'd see them for like a day and it's like, uh, okay, I'm glad you're a person. I, I have friends that I'm closer with. Do you know what I mean? Like, so the whole family thing wasn't, um, wasn't super important to me. I don't, I don't mean to come across as dismissive if I am, I'm just saying, I don't know if you guys, I, I know a lot of you with big families, so many people and, and I, Hey, fuck, I love, I, I'm closer with some of your family members than I am with some of my own, to be totally honest with you. So, um, but just for me, family, the, the office, the title of family has never held, um, a ton of, of, of weight or meaning or value, you know? So 
I mean, for me, it's like, I, I treasure everybody on an individual basis. You know, if you're good to me, I'm good to you. Then let's, then fuck you. You are my emotional family. Let's, let's, let's do that. I got guys in comedy that I'm super close with, uh, friends, you know, that I'm very, very close with, you know, those, those guys, I'm going to tell you right now, Jimmy and Mika listening and, and you know, those two guys, those two guys are my brothers. You know what I mean? I have a brother and I, I am relatively close with them, but those two guys are my brothers. You know what I mean? I, I, that's, I don't know. Going a little off the rails here. Something nice though, is that in the last year, it's a nice thing. Um, my, my brother who, who lives in BC, you know, like I said, I'd never, never spoken to him and never had any connection through the modern day Marvel of Facebook, um, found me and reached out. And, um, and unfortunately I got his message right, right as I was getting ready to run the open mic Monday show, like we were getting ready to bring the first act up on stage and things like that. So I didn't have an opportunity to really, you know, talk as much as I'd like to. And unfortunately with everything else that's always going on, like guys, my memory is such mush. I, I tell, I've said this before. It really is like, I need pages of notes in front of me, or I'm going to forget shit. I can have pages of notes in front of me and still skim over something and completely, you know, miss it. So I wanted to acknowledge, acknowledge him, but I, um, I, I wasn't in a good opportunity to sort of really go into things. And at the same time, if something's not right in front of me, like other shit piles up faster. So I, I basically said to him, you know, like, Hey dude, it's great to, to meet you. And I'd love to connect sometime, you know, but I just, I just don't really know when that's going to be. And, um, I guess, uh, he'd gone through the trouble of reaching out to my, my brother and some of our younger siblings. I got a lot of half brothers and half sisters all from my dad, um, whom I, you know, have on Facebook, but I just, again, not really close with, um, the fact that we're related doesn't really inspire me to do much. I might be a terrible, I realize I could be a terrible, terrible person, but I have, like, I guess that's what it is too. Maybe it comes from a lifetime you guys can help me become a deeper person just by listening to me talk this out with myself to myself, staring at the fucking wall in front of me. Like I do every podcast. Um, I think the fact that my dad has had so many conquests and conquests, I think conquest is the wrong word because it's nothing to be fucking proud of. Um, my dad has had so many fucking kids. He's been married a few times, this and that. So when growing up, when it was like, not only would you meet like a new girlfriend that he wasn't going to be with the next time you, you saw her, um, you know, not only was he new with a new wife, but you know, in a matter of time, he's going to be divorced from not only did you have a new fucking half brother that you're probably never going to see again because they're all over the country. Like, I think I just developed this whole, like, yeah, your family for now, like who fucking knows how long we're going to, you know, know each other or whatnot, you know? Um, so long story short, um, it's, I, I thought it was cool that he reached out. I just, I guess I didn't have the, um, the, the enthusiasm that maybe, uh, maybe it deserved because of the fact that I've just generally speaking been like, I'm not close with any of my siblings. Um, I have nothing against them. They are, they're, they're good people. It's just, I can't see them all the time. And, and I, um, God, I'm always meeting new people. And things like that. And there's, there's, there's so many wonderful human beings just because you're not blood doesn't mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, maybe it's a weird thing. Maybe it's something I will save for another time. And I'll, I can tell you this right now, I'll be turning this concept over all week in my head, just, just thinking about it, but I don't know. Family is important. 
Family is important. I'm just saying that just because you're family, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm very disconnected from my dad. I don't, I don't really, uh, <laughs> this is weird. I don't know if there's any entertainment value in this for you guys. And I'm really sorry if there isn't, but I don't, I don't really love my dad. I don't really care. Um, you know, we can talk more about that some other time. If, if there's any, this is, yeah, someone's having a great day at their office. I'm sitting here going, I don't love my dad. <laughs> I, uh, I guess just what I, what I meant to say with this was, is I, I spoke with, with my brother, Wayne, who reached out and he had mentioned these, he's reached out to some of our other siblings and they haven't really shown an interest in getting to know him. Um, which, which made me feel bad because that's not, I think that the idea to take the time and effort to reach out is there's value behind that. Um, and I think that the fact that like, I mean, I can't speak, I I'm sitting here telling you guys how busy I am and I don't always have time and I forget shit, but, um, I think the idea that no one really showed any interest, I think that's really, I think that's, that's sad. And again, I don't know what the value of family is to, to, to Wayne. So I would want to be like, for me, it's kind of like, Hey man, if this is important to you, then I, I want to show it some importance. Cause yes, I do understand that the office of family does have a lot of value for some people. You know, and to take the time and effort, that's the thing about me too, is if you take the time and effort because you want to get to know me, um, yeah, like I, I definitely want to at least show some courtesy to that. And what I, what I said to him originally, because I think we had spoken and because I'm very out of sight, out of mind, I didn't get a chance to reply to his, um, I, I didn't get a chance to go back to it. I, I ran the show. I messaged with him very, very briefly back and forth that evening and said, Hey, yeah, let's, let's call sometime. But unfortunately with me is with everything that piles up, um, I'm very out of sight, out of mind. And if it's not directly in front of me, I'm going to forget. We, we added each other on Facebook and, and I do every now and again, see something and it reminds me, I'm like, oh, I should, I should get to that. But I guess for me, the idea is like to sit down and be like, Hey, here's, let's have a three hour conversation about who I am and everything in my life that you've missed. And then you tell me who you are and everything in your life that I've missed. It seems complex. Like, I don't know if you guys are sitting there listening to it. Just like, just like imagine that be like, are you going to meet somebody at 35 and you're going to tell them your life story? You're going to tell them, you know, they're going to tell you theirs. Um, I'm not necessarily avoiding it. I just don't know what that would look like. So I, what I had suggested to him too, and said, look, until we get an opportunity to do that, what I would suggest, what do you guys think I suggested? I told him to listen to the podcast. I said, if you want to know kind of who I am, I, I'll tell you on this, right? I'll share who the fuck I am and how weird I am and all the goofy shit that I think. Right. So I, I figured, uh, that was a good start. And I think I can imagine it probably sounded like I was like, Hey man, I don't have time to talk to you, but if you want to listen to my podcast, I think it, it probably sounded disrespectful and I didn't mean for it to, I really meant it for like, Hey, if your interest is getting to know me, this is what I have to offer right now. And it might be a starting point. And, um, it, it sort of lets me not necessarily segue, but at least address the fact that I want to say to a lot of my listeners, cause I know that there's, it's still growing. The podcast is growing and I appreciate the fact that you guys listen to this every week. It really does mean a lot to me, which is why I try to, to delve as deep as I can into the things I'm talking about. So you really know, you know, what's going on with me, how I feel about shit. Um, I also too want to, yeah, fuck, I, I can't do it here. Give me one sec here. Just cause I want to forget. Cause I have another friend of mine, uh, who I've been meaning to get a hold of for some time. And I'm just going to put this little note down here so I can reference his good sir as well. Um, 
that's why I put it down there. I was actually speaking with Wayne today. Uh, it was his birthday. So I wished him a happy birthday and just said, Hey man, I know it's, we haven't had this yet. And I told, you know, it took another stab saying, Hey, you might want to listen to the podcast. Cause I think the last time I talked to him, he was, that's when he was telling me that sort of, he's reached out to my brother, he, like my brother, brother, Aaron. Um, he's reached out to, you know, my, my half sister and my other half brothers. Um, and just people didn't seem to be, you know, responding. So he goes, you know what? Um, I'm not going to keep making the effort. If nobody really wants to get to know me, then, then that's fine. I just think it's kind of sad. And I, I thought it was sad too, because I didn't realize, like, I wasn't trying to be the only person, you know, not responsive. I was just, you know, me busy, got a million things going on. I can barely keep track of my own shit that I'm supposed to do. Uh, it's not really excuse, but again, at the same time, if you know anything about me, I don't, I don't, I'm not out there to make anybody feel bad. You know, and then, you know, to make it basically to let me know plain and simple that, that my, uh, lack of, of, of initiating that conversation stuff was, you know, sorry, you know, sort of, sort of making someone feel like, oh, nobody gives a fuck. I, I, I basically said, look, like we can do this. We will make time, we will find time. But I think that the best thing about this podcast, um, is the fact that I, I told him I, I haven't been closer with a lot of you guys. So. Um, try not to break this. Hey, you know what? 19 is my lucky number. I'm going to fucking, this is, this is my, this is the show where I, I want to really just say a few things to a lot of different people. Um, you know, uh, Vanessa, uh, Tiffany, Chris and Renfrew, even Jimmy and Mika. Um, my brother listens, Aaron listens to the podcast. Like a lot of people who are really important to me and have been important to me over the years. Um, I haven't been, um, as close. Excuse me. I'm not getting choked up. I just fucking <laughs> just choked on a little saliva there. Um, I haven't been that close with you guys in a long time. And because of this podcast, you guys listening, um, it's, it's cool that, that we're in regular communications. I'm getting emails from you guys. You guys are messaging me on Facebook. Uh, Jimmy and Mika, I talk to them more and we're planning more events just because it's fun to, to get together. Um, so as much as I don't know if I already said this on a previous podcast, if I did, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it again. Now I remember when I was telling my mom kind of, she doesn't get podcasts and stuff. So when I told her that my goal with this was that I could put something out there where people who, or who might be fans of my standup have an opportunity to get to know the real me. And of course here, when I've got things going on and, and stuff like that, um, it's, it's a place where they can come and, and listen you know, get closer with me, but it's also a place where my friends and family members and things like that, like where you guys can spend some time on, you know, if it's entertaining to you or whatever, but in your own time doing whatever you want to do, you get sort of caught up with what's going on with me. You're always welcome. As I encourage all of you to email in and send me stuff, let me know what's going on with you because I'm equally interested, but it's just, instead of trying to go for individual coffees and have individual phone calls and then tell you an hour of like, well, I did this lately and I'm working on that and I'm going through this and da da da, is that hopefully in some sort of a mildly entertaining way, you guys get to connect with it, you know? And then when we, when we talk to each other, we don't have to go through the whole, so, Hey, what's been going on with you in the last six months? You know, I haven't seen, you know, Vanessa, you're in, you're in London. I haven't seen you in years, but we, you know, what's going on with me. You know, what struggles went through. You're emailing in. I know what's going on with you and what you're working on, you know, so that when, when those moments where we all get to connect and get together, we don't have to go through, Hey, so tell me about the last year. You know, I don't know if that sounds crazy, but just, I think right now the, the time is time feels very limited. And I want every, I don't know, I'm probably just talking in circles and I apologize, but the fact of the matter is I've got, 
I'm closer with a lot of you guys now, um, than I have been a long time. And I feel like I, I have this podcast as, as something to, to thank for that. Cause we get to connect a little bit, you know, whether you're listening to this, you know, tomorrow, Wednesday, when it, when it airs, or if you listen to it, you know, a couple of weeks from now, some people are a few episodes behind at times, at least, you know, generally speaking, what's going on. Um, and I hope, uh, and I hope my brother Wayne has an opportunity. Uh, you know, he said he's going to check it out. Um, I hope you get an opportunity to, to sort of get to know me at least in, in the interim before we get to have a, a long conversation, you know, you get, you get a feel of who I am. Cause I, I, you know, one of the hardest things I have, I do as a stand-up guys is writing my bio every now and again, someone wants me to write a little biography of myself and I have a hard time doing that. Cause I don't, I don't really like as much as I joke that, like, oh, I'm great. And this and that, I, I fuck around. I really don't like talking myself up very much. I, I feel like I'm just a dude. It's, I, I still think it's amazing that people laugh at the things that I say. Definitely not on this podcast, but you know what I mean? Like, the, like the, I feel very fortunate and I'm grateful for all the wonderful people in my life. And, uh, and I wanted to address this. So I, guys, I, this was a, a late note that I put on the podcast today was to address the fact that my brother's been trying to reach out and get to know me for a while. And I'm sorry for not, like I said, having that conversation. I, it's, it's. Like I said, part of it is, is I've got the disconnect from having so many other siblings that I met and then never saw again. You know what I mean? And it's prior to Facebook and all that stuff. But it was just like when you, when you're a kid and you, you know somebody and then they just go away forever, you know, it could be sad. So probably got sick of that happening and then just learned that, okay, like, yeah, your family, that doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm looking to build bonds with people who I'm going to see on a regular basis because it sucks to get to know people and then they're just gone. Um, but, um. Yeah, I don't know. I I've, I think I may have, have that train may have fallen off its tracks, but I hope that you know you have an opportunity to to get to know me a little bit from here, and then we can just you know maybe build something organic, and uh, you know and get to just know each other a little more. You'll hear who I am here. Um, and you may, hey, you might decide you're not missing out much, but uh, yeah, it, it it was cool. I'm glad you reached out, and I'm I'm interested to to you know get to know you a little bit. Um, don't worry, everybody. If this is boring as fuck, I will not give you the updates of our getting to know each other. This is just a nice little, um, here's one of the things that happened with me. And it's something that I've been meaning to, to push forward a little bit and just didn't quite know how. So thank you for listening to that. And uh, as a side note, guys, if you love this podcast and you enjoy me talking about these weird, goofy things, know that, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys being out there. And, uh, if you want to help out with the podcast, you're always welcome to go to the Facebook page. Uh, of course, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and like us, follow us, all those things. But at the top of the Facebook page, we do have a link for, um, Auphonic. So we do accept, uh, little donations there. It just helps out with the production and audio quality. Um, I've had a lot of people listening who've said, you know, Hey, the quality uh, of the podcast has really gotten a lot better recently. Uh, yeah, glad to, glad to know. Like I said, all the equipment that I use is, is top notch in my headphones right now. I'm coming through clear as a bell, but if I just hit stop and uploaded what I have on here now, it would be super quiet again, like it used to be. So, uh, I use a phonic, a phonic, uh, charges for the amount of audio that we put through. So, like I said, I think it's, it's almost like you're getting a gift card for a bum. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to just be like, Hey Josh, here's money. Feel free to, I hope it goes into the podcast, right? Like me, when I give a homeless guy 20 bucks, cause I see he has a dog, 
That happened one time. That 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 pissed me off. All right. I'm, I'm again. I'm I'm switching gears because my brain works that way. But I remember one time I had a twenty dollar bill. I think I got it as a tip from something. So it was in my it was in my pocket, and I'm just driving to Crystal's house. And on the exit ramp near her place, there was a guy with a dog. And I hit the red light, and I just looked at him. I said, "Dude, just I'm giving you this. Just promise me that that fifty percent of this goes to the dog." That's all I want. And he goes, oh, dude, no, it's all going to go to the dog. And I go, you, you fucking, ass. it was already in his hand too when I was handing it to him. But he took it and he's just, oh, no, no, it's all going to go to the dog. And I go, you, you fucking asshole, you piece of shit motherfucker. I was so mad. All you had to do was say yes. There's no fucking way that every dime I gave you is going to the dog. All right. I don't give a fuck. I will give you 10 bucks. I don't even care if you're on the up and up and you're a good dude. Fine. I don't care if you spend 10 bucks on whatever, you know, gas or, or bust, whatever the fuck it is you're doing with the money. I don't care. I'm like busting like he's somehow trying to travel the country or whatever, but you got a dog, you need money, whatever, probably not even homeless, but, but all the judgy shit aside, there's no way that every dime you get is only going to the dog. You got, you both have to take care of yourself. But all I asked was you to just tell me that half of it was going to the dog and the fact that he's lying. Oh, it's all going to go to the dog. We all know he's full of shit. So now I go, great. Who knows how much the fucking dog is getting? But you just, all you have to do, ugh, that bothered me. It's not a pet peeve. This is not an everyday occurrence. But just for fuck's sakes, 20, 20 bucks. When was the last time anybody handed 20 bucks to a homeless guy, right? So it was money I didn't have or I didn't count on. I'm trying to do a good thing. And I just felt like a, fu- I felt like a fucking asshole. As soon as, as soon as he took it, he's like, oh no, it's all going to go to the dog. You, you fucking, that, that pissed me off. And I didn't say that to him. I just, that's how I felt. I mean, you fucking asshole. All you had to do was say yes. You know, just don't now, now, now I regret my decision. I'm not happy. You're a fucking bastard. Anyways. So the point I'm, the point I'm making going back to the audio production quality of my podcast, because these two are very related is that if you don't trust where your money is going, you're welcome to go to our Facebook page and, uh, and donate some audio credits that basically just help with production costs. So you know that your money is going to continue to bring you the quality one man podcast show that, uh, that it's shaping up to become again, maybe not this family issues episode. Lucky number 19 is not the happy fun. <laughs> I'm just sitting here going, we're going to play. Would you rather it's gonna be fun. So I'm talking about murdering children. Um, you know, I'm going to just uh, give a shout out to my brother. And it's like, Hey, it's nice to get to know you. No, instead I talked for 15 minutes, probably more about how I, I don't love my father and I have siblings all over the, the country that I'm not familiar with or, or know very well. Yeah. What else? What other shit have you got to talk about? Josh, you fucking dick. Um, well, I'm looking at my notes here. I have a section on my notes where I put like what I'm working on, what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, what I'm reading. And, um, my buddy Dave, uh, has lost a lot of weight. I gotta say too, like there's even other people on the list that I forgot, like Jay, Jay, uh, Jason out in the country. I don't want to say your last name just out of respect, but, but Jay, you've, uh, you've donated some credits, um, to the podcast, but you're also a good friend. It was great to see you at Johnny's bachelor party. And I'm glad that you're listening too. it's cool to, to connect with you two again. Uh, as always my good buddy, Dave, who I'm about to talk about here, Dave is a, is a great friend. Um, you know, and, uh, we're, but we're close anyways. This podcast hasn't changed a fucking thing. Um, but, uh, but Dave's a good buddy, but speaking of, of this, um, Dave was, uh, was like me. He was a larger fella, a bit of a fatty. And, um, Dave went, uh, he read a book called eat to live. 
um, it started uh, sorry for the clicking. I, uh, and, and started to, you know, implement some of the things that were taught in said book. And he, uh, he has lost a ton of weight in the last year. Um, it's not even been that long. I think it's been like, I'm going to think some, somewhere six to eight months. Um, but looks great. Lost a ton of weight. He's very, very disciplined. And, uh, and of course, Dave listening to the podcast and, uh, and just me in general, knowing that I kind of want to lose the weight and get healthy too. Um, Dave's been talking about it for a while and I'm like, yeah, you know, when I get the time, I'll, I'll get the book and I'll read it. And, you know, it only took me four months to read George Carlin, right? Something I'm actually interested in. Uh, so I figured how to eat plants all the time and, uh, not kill yourself is what the title should be of the book. <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, I'm sure he knew it would take me some time. So what Dave did for me today, as a matter of fact, was he, uh, he got one of those, uh, audiobook uh, apps. Don't remember the name of it, but, uh, got an audiobook app. That uh, basically just lets you download audiobooks and then got the book for me on uh, on that platform. So I can listen to this now while I'm doing rideshare, while I'm working on my taxes or doing computer stuff. So um, the book is called Eat to Live. I don't know what I think of it yet because I haven't <laughs> listened to it. Um, but I did put it under what I'm listening to section. So eat to live is something I'll be starting today. Um, when the podcast is over, probably while I'm doing the editing or whatever, I might, uh, well, not editing, but processing. Yeah. And that's the thing. I'm also starting to read the dark tower series again. After seeing the movies, I believe I mentioned to you guys that I was looking to do that. I'm looking to read the series over again. Um, and of course, as always, there's, uh, there's like seven, seven or eight books. Um, when I'm finished them, if anybody wants to read them, again, I'm happy to ship it to you. Uh, contact at one man podcast. If anyone is interested in reading them, I've read the first four books. They're very, very, very good. Um, I'm starting over again only because, because it's such a long story to have been probably close to a decade since the last time I read them. I, I don't want to, uh, you know, forget and well, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is that? Who was that again? You know, like just, I'm just going to start reading them over and, and try to plow through them. So if anyone is interested in them, I have, uh, yeah, I mean, I have the entire series that I'm effect effectively going to send out. Um, so if anyone wants them, let me know. I actually ended up getting, uh, like a box set. Uh, of the, the new ones. I got a box set, a really good price on Amazon. Again, courtesy of Dave, Dave's got a prime account. So free shipping, Dave, uh, Dave got that for me. And, uh, yeah. And then of course I actually just last night at crystals saw that, um, I, I have book five, six, and seven here at my house. And I saw that, uh, I thought I'd lost copies one through four. Um, and I was at crystals house last night and I just happened to see on her bookshelf that, uh, that's where my number one, two, three, and four, I must've given them to her cause I'd already read them. And, uh, yeah, so I didn't need to buy the set again, but I did, which means I have a set to give away. So if anyone's interested in reading it, I'll send you the first book. And, uh, if you want to keep reading, go from there. If anyone else is in the series, I don't know. Fuck. I got, I got fucking books. If you want some books, dark tower by Stephen King, let me know. I'm, I basically just want, I think that the idea that, you know, sharing stuff with you guys, it just feels not wasteful. Why have a book sit on a shelf? I'm not a collector done with the book. If somebody wants to, to read it, let me know. I'll send it to you. It's weird that there's a series because it's kind of hard to share. I'll send the first book to the first person. And then when you're done, you send it to the next person. I'll send you a book too. Sounds like the old, uh, Netflix. When you put a, a, a DVD in an envelope and send it back and you send them back, we'll send you some more. You know, you clean your plate before you get seconds. So, uh, yeah, that's what's going on. I read the dark tower series again and, uh, and then hopefully move forward and finish it once and for all. I've already read the first three books, uh, twice. 
I read one, two, and three, stopped reading them. Wizard and Glass came out super thick, couldn't remember the story, read one, two, and three, and then Wizard and Glass, and then started number five and stopped. And guess what? Got to start over again. So that's that, guys. That is that. Um, I think I'm done with the early part of the podcast. The first podcast uh, part of the podcast is over. We're only uh, over an hour so far. Um, I guess... uh, well, yeah, well, you may as well move on to the, uh, the sponsor part. Oh no, I made a note here and I wanted to address this person. Uh, Mark Forster, also another very cool dude who is a big contributor to the podcast in terms of, of, you know, emails and content and, you know, sharing experiences and stuff like that. Uh, Mark, there's an experience that, uh, Mika has written in later in the show in terms of all the different things that you're excited to do and try. Um, not, you know, not your typical go out and thrill seek, but I think this might be something you're interested in. Of course, I'll share with all of you guys later on in the podcast. Um, but for now it is time to, uh, I just want to say, of course, like I said to Mark, thank you. Um, I, I put all of you guys in that same list, everyone who's contributing stuff like that. Again, thank you to all the listeners who may listen every week and, uh, you know, and not, uh, you know, I don't know who you are. I, I don't, uh, don't know much about you, but just please know that I, I am grateful for the fact that you keep coming back and listening as well. And, uh, and please don't ever hesitate to reach out guys, contact at one man podcast.com. I, I love hearing from you. And like I said, as much as I'm trying to let you guys know what's going on with me, I am very fascinated to know what's going on with you. And I, and I appreciate all people who message me on Facebook. Some people don't write in, but you guys message me totally cool. Appreciate that too. Um, so yeah, moving on. Um, I have got our, the, uh, the article this week from our friends at portablepress.com. Which is Uncle John's Bathroom Readers, guys. And this week, I'm reading an article from Uncle John's Bathroom Reader Plunges into the Universe. And uh, on an episode that I thought would be long, I don't know why I picked a four-pager, but uh, it felt like it kind of coincided with some of the stuff I've been talking about lately. So uh, this article was basically, it's called 10 Science Fiction Books Even Non-Geeks Would Love. So what it is, is I'm, I'm a fan of science fiction. Um, it's not my number one. Like I like horror. I like fantasy. In fact, science fiction and fantasy tend to share the same category, like on Netflix and stuff. It's like sci-fi fantasy is, is one section. So they tend to blend that shit together. Even horror is, is one section, right? You know, horror and thriller, they separate those in two different, two different sections, but, but sci-fi fantasy where one could be space, the other one could be fucking Lord of the Rings, you know, past and future and all that shit no dragons and then fucking space aliens. That's all the same. So, um, but I, I dig all that shit, right? I've been talking about it cause I like horror. I've been talking about, uh, the gunslinger and uh, the dark tower series, which is the same. Um, but it's kind of like, it's, it's not sci-fi it's, it's, you know, fantasy, but I like the sci-fi shit too, right? Like I watch the, the, the Marvel movies. I like anything that's fucking imaginative and creative. Um, but it's not for some people. Crystal is not a sci-fi fan. Um, the episode two, fuck, we talked about, you know, the, the birthday of watching the fucking alien movies and how goddamn bored she was. It took me 30 some years to get her to watch the star Wars trilogy. Um, this is not a complaint. It's just people have different tastes, right? So, uh, this article, the reason I'm, I'm bringing all this stuff up guys is because of the fact that, um, this is a list of books for people who are not necessarily sci-fi fans who may be interested in a type, you know, sci-fi or, or if you've never been a sci-fi person, you're like, well, what do I start with? You know, these are also books, not the movie adaptations. There are some of these that have become movies. These are the books. So getting right into it, guys, this is called 10 sci-fi books. Even non-geeks would love. So I have a little sip of coffee here about to do a lot of reading. So I may as well keep the whistle wet if I can. 
Oh, yeah. There we go. My old water bottle. All right. So are these the greatest science fiction novels ever? Maybe, maybe not. But they are sci-fi novels that even people who don't like science fiction can actually enjoy. The question of which science fiction books are the best ever is a pointless uh, one for most people, since many of the greatest science fiction novels are books that no one but science fiction fans will read. A better question to ask might be, what are the best science fiction books that you don't have to be a hardcore science fiction fan to enjoy? We scanned our library and came up with these 10, well, 12 in parentheses, books that not only provide great sci-fi fun, but also are approachable enough for the casual reader. Some old, some new, but all good reads. Number one is Dune by Frank Herbert. David Lynch made this book into a 1984 film that was so incomprehensible that the actual novel, 600 pages on the future of religion, politics, desert ecology, and drug trafficking, looks positively streamlined in comparison. When the book came out in the mid-1960s, its multiple story threads were daunting. But, ironically, in parentheses, thanks to shows like The X-Files and even The West Wing, in which several things are happening all at once, people got used to following intersecting storylines. The result is that Herbert's magnum opus now comes across more like an epic historical novel that happens to be set in the future, not the past. Herbert wrote several Dune sequels of varying quality. Most recently, Herbert's son, Brian teamed up with sci-fi author Kevin J. Anderson to write a trio of prequels that Uncle John doesn't think are on par with the rest. Stick with the original. The next is Earth by David Brin. Scientists in the near future create a tiny black hole and, oops, allow it to sink into the Earth's core. In the process of digging it out, they discover there's another black hole down there, and that's one origin, sorry, and that one's origin is a mystery and a problem. This plot line is the skeleton on which author and real-life physicist Bryn hangs some fascinating episodic storylines that involve problems that face, sorry, problems the world faces today, global warming, privacy, energy crunches, carried out to their possible outcome 50 years from now. Originally published in 1991, Earth has already pegged a couple of items correctly, which as a version of the World Wide Web and the, oh, sorry, hold on. Uh, items correctly, such as a version of the World Wide Web, a cup, uh, come on here, World Wide Web, and the idea of futzing, futzing, oh, fuck, with old movies using new computer graphics. Um, yeah, okay, let's read that again. Fuck sakes, Earth has already pegged a couple of items correctly. All right, so far, so good. In parentheses, such as a version of the World Wide Web and the idea of futzing with old movies using new computer graphics. Well, that doesn't, what, remaking movies with new fucking shit? Uh, plus, scientists have begun trying to generate tiny little black holes in labs. Some imagine that, or what else Bryn might eventually be right about. Okay, so basically it's a black hole that sinks into the earth, and then they find another black hole, and it's like, oh, fuck, what could happen? Alternate realities? That's what I'm understanding from that. Uh, the next one, Ender's Game and Speaker for the Dead by Orson Scott Card. Super smart child warriors are used by the military to battle an invasion of bug-like aliens. That's the setup of Ender's Game. The meat of the story comes from the struggle of one of these extraordinary children, named Ender, to keep a grip on his humanity even as he's being turned into the perfect killing machine. Card sets up a lot of questions about morality, war, and man's purpose in Ender's Game. In the sequel, Speaker for the Dead, these questions uh, get a payoff as the grown-up Ender finds himself in a position to save a new scientist's 
sorry, new sentient species or allow it to be destroyed. Proof that intersecting philosophical questions can be asked and even answered in the form of a purely entertaining story. The next is Grass by Sherry Tepper. Like Dune, this is a large tale involving nobility, religion, politics, and the fate of the human race. But for a change, the hero is a heroine. Uh, Marjorie Westriding is dispatched. I could, I could get that wrong. I don't give a fuck. I'm sorry. That's so, so dismissive. I apologize. I, I do give a fuck. I just, I'm making so many mistakes that I'd rather not focus on them. Marjorie Westriding is dispatched with her family to a far off planet to find a cure for a plague. But she ends up confronting questions of or original sin among aliens. Huh. Lots of philosophy and even some sex. Whoa. Well, sort of in brackets, uh, parentheses, but also lots of action plus a group of purely malevolent creatures who love nothing better than to toy with humans. Hand this to someone who enjoys those massive romantic epics for a change of pace. That seems fascinating to me. Alien sex slaves. Uh, oh, what? Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, what is it? What did I do here? Did I fuck something up? Sorry, guys. I got, I got four pages and I'm holding them. I used to tape them down, but it's, it's too much. Ender's Game, yeah. For a change of pace. Okay, sorry. Uh, the next is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. I don't know why I felt like that page was done. There's a giant paragraph at the bottom. Sorry. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. Earth is destroyed to make an intergalactic bypass, launching the interstellar travels of one completely ordinary and befuddled human being named Arthur Dent. Geeks love this one, but for the right reasons, namely because it'll make you laugh so hard that you may vomit involuntarily. Uh, note that this is humor of the distinctly British Monty Python like variety. So if you're not into that, you may wonder what the fuss is about. But if you ever laughed at Monty Python and the Holy Grail or even a fish called Wanda, you'll be laughing at this one too. Hitchhiker has several sequels, each progressively less funny than the one before, but still worth a chuckle or two. Uh, the following Hyperion and Fall of Hyperion by Dan Simmons. It takes guts to snatch the format of the Canterbury Tales and use it to crank out epic science fiction, but the extraordinarily talented Dan Simmons, who also writes bang up horror and action novels is just the guy to do it. Over the course of these two novels, Simmons creates a galaxy wide human civilization that's pitted against a mysterious enemy. Hyperion uses the overlapping stories, uh, of a clutch of pilgrims to paint the picture of this future civilization. Fall of Hyperion describes its downfall as seen through the eyes of a clone of the great romantic poet, John Keats, great storytelling, great action, great plotting, not just a couple of the best science fiction novels ever, but two of the best adventure novels in a long time period. All right. This is quite the glowing review. Uh, the next, the Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury. Uh, that's a name. I know Ray Bradbury. Uh, I think probably not. Is that the Bradbury mysteries? Is that a thing? Um, this one shows up on a lot of high school reading lists and for a good reason. It's a fine combination of science fiction and fantasy and an increasingly neglected literary form, a series of short stories hung together with a single thread. They all take place on Mars. The stories include encounters with real live Martians who may or may not be happy to see humans, the stories of the humans who leave earth to come to Mars. And in the end, the stories of the humans who are left behind each short enough to be read in a single sitting. 
It's Bradbury at the top of his form, which means these are some of the better short stories you'll find almost anywhere. Uh, the next Perdido Street Station by China Mieveli or Mievel. M, just in case any of you guys are, are trying to look these up, uh, China Mievel, M-I-E, accent aigu, V-I-L-L-E. The perfect book for anyone who thinks that science fiction can't be literary and or adventurous in form. Mievel's genre buster of a novel is not unlike what you would get if you spliced together the, ge the genes of Charles Dickens and horror master H.P. Lovecraft and raise the resulting creature on the writings of Orwell, Huxley, and Philip K. Dick, the fellow who wrote the story that was the basis of the movie Blade Runner. The dif uh, it's difficult to describe the novel, uh, except to say that it involves mad scientists, interspecies romance, vampiric moth creatures, uh, Tammany Hall-like urban politics, uh, the value system of alien species, interdimensional spiders, and a rip roaring final action scene that takes place on the rooftops of a city you can't you really can't imagine all written by someone who uses the english language like yo-yo ma's use of a cello fabulous writing regardless of genre last we're on the last ones guys last two uh snow crash by neil stevenson william gibson's neuromancer looks like necromancer but it's neuromancer may be considered the first cyberpunk novel but the fact is it's kind of a deadly bore. Snow Crash, on the other hand, is a real hoot right from its first scene, which involves a madcap pizza delivery and is written with the same sort of delirious cinematic urgency that you'll find in the best novels of William Goldman, Marathon Man. The novel's plot involves a computer virus that, get this, dates back to Samaria, but it doesn't really hang uh, together, so instead, enjoy the book for its great portrayal of both an insanely balkanized... America and a huge cyber world. So vividly imagined that a whole bunch of internet companies bankrupted themselves in the 1990s, trying to create a world just like it. Also, any book that features a large, uh, fuck illusion, A L E U T I A N. I love doing that. I say it and then I, <laughs> and I spell it in case I'm wrong. So, uh, any book that features a large illusion with a nuclear bomb in a motorcycle sidecar with the words poor impulse control tattooed on his forehead is one, you know, you're going to have fun with. And the last one stranger in a strange land by Robert Heinlein, uh, the expiration Date for this novel and its ideas regarding love and sex and human transcendence has sort of passed. People use the novel for years as a foundation for their own desire for hippie polygamy, and now they don't so much. But it still makes for a good read for two reasons. One, Robert Heinlein uh, wrote Damn Fine Dialogue, which makes him more fun to read uh, than most other writers today. And how sad is that since Heinlein's been dead coming up on 15 years now? And I don't know what year this book came out, so it could be much longer. Um... Two, Heinlein thought seriously about the nature of God and the interrelationship between God and his followers, which is inter uh, interesting to contemplate, even if you're not interested in the polysexual hijinks. Also, Jubal Harshaw, the cranky old man who counsels the stranger like a, a dyspe dyspeptic, D-Y-S-P-E-P-T-I-C, dyspeptic, Yoda advising an extraordinarily horny Luke Skywalker is one of the great curmudgeons of 20th century writing. And you don't want to miss out on a character like that. So there you go, guys, 10 books to read. If you're not really a sci-fi fan. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that the, one of the reasons I picked this article this week was because of the fact that 
Um, I like the idea of Auphonic. I'm trying to read more, but I think that now that you can get books, audiobooks, it's not, now that you can, like it's a new thing, now that it's easier for me to get audiobooks, um, I think I want to read, you know, <laughs> listen, I want to listen to some more books. Um, so I, I think, uh, I thought too, too, just for, for, you know, people who are interested in, in reading and sometimes it's hard to come across with, uh, not come across, but to look up recommendations. And even when you go on the internet nowadays, if you're looking for recommendations, the, the lists that come up are often sponsored. So, you know, who's, who's less, uh, corruptible than our good friends at portablepress.com, Uncle John's bathroom readers, right? So these are their suggestions and the reasoning behind them. And of course, the running feet at the bottom of the pages, there was four of them, so I will read all four of you now. The longest stalactite is 20 feet and four inches, 6.2 meters, at Poland Ionana Cave in Ireland. The longest stalagmite is 105 feet, 32 meters, at Krash, uh, Krasnohorska cave in the Czech Republic. The longest cave system is Mammoth Caves in Kentucky, 348 miles or 560 kilometers. And the last page has nothing to do with any of those things. It just says butterflies don't spin cocoons, moths spin cocoons. So, uh, that was the bathroom reader segment for this week. Uh, nice and long. Hey guys. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I don't know, like I said, with, with my reading fantasy and the horror and stuff like that, uh, right now, it's a, a cool opportunity to just be like, Hey guys, what about you? Do you guys want to, you want to read some books? You want to read some sci-fis? Here's some suggestions. Um, and having said that, I will move on to our next sponsor, my good friends at absolute comedy. Absolute comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. Oh, yeah. And this week, because I spent the weekend drinking them, that's something I probably should have mentioned too, that uh, Chris and I had some bevies. We enjoyed ourselves some of Summersby's red rhubarb, the, the, the flavor that has been absolutely blowing up this year. Um, feel free to message me too, guys. You know the uh, the email address. I don't need to say it again. Contact at onemanpodcast.com. Um, you guys, uh, let me know what you think of the red rhubarb Summersby, or of course, all your Summersby experiences. Well, let's hear from them now. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on, 
and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. Ah, your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. Yeah, resplendently. Let's drink resplendently. Um, I'm trying to think of what I got coming up this week. You know, we've already done what I did last week, which is break down mentally. Um, <laughs> it's actually just, I think it's just the allergy medication. It's, it's dopes you up good. You know, I don't know if you guys have seasonal allergies, but I get them from like the, the last half of August and the first, well, the first, the first full month of September, the whole month of September, I get them. And it's, it's tough. Cause even now my throat is still itchy, but it's like, I don't want to kill myself right now, but if I don't take any allergy medication, I am so miserable, even more so than I am, you know, um, it's just, it's so uncomfortable. But of course, one of the struggles, especially when you're talking for two hours is to try to keep the energy up. But when you're doped up and, and all my eyes want to do right now is close guys, you know, try to keep the energy up, be funny, right? Hey, give it going. Ahead. Um, but no, it just, it's, it gets, um, it's basically living the whole month sluggish. So I'm still having fun. I'm still enjoying myself. Just, uh, it's just hard to, uh, to keep the energy up. Like I said, I mean, even the, the romantic vacation crystal gonna have was us sort of just sleeping and resting and getting caught up on that and spending a little bit of time together, walking dogs, you know, it's just, uh, it's just how it is sometimes until I can overcome these allergies. That's something I need to do too. actually just come to think of it as I've been, uh, meaning to go back to get my allergy shots and see if, you know, we can get them to work. They didn't work last year. They didn't work this year. Right. But I'll keep going back to the magic bean factory, magic bean salesman, you know, and say, I don't know. I think these ones were, were no good. Can I, can I get some other ones? Well, we'll, we'll sell you some replacement ones for half price. All right. That sounds fair. sounds like a good deal. Um, so yeah, this week I, uh, I kind of have like a quiet work week. Um, next week's going to be busy. Uh, well, sorry, this, this, that is this week, this week or the next week until we get there this weekend, I've got uh, Johnny and uh, Jill's wedding on Friday. Looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. Um, you know, congratulations to them again. Johnny's a listener to the podcast. Uh, give me another opportunity to see, you know, the fellas and their ladies. Um, Crystal is doing the, uh, the photography for the wedding. So it's very, very cool. She's going to be there with me, but of course she's got a lot of stuff to do. Um, but, uh, but, but exciting. I love, uh, I love seeing the, her, uh, her work. A lot of the stuff that she does is kind of like uh, private events and stuff like that. So not necessarily something that I can go to. So, um, it's kind of cool that I'm a part of this just in terms of guest wise. So I get to see the, uh, the lovely crystal from crystal clear shots in action. Feel free to go to crystalclearshots.com guys. Um, you know, if you need any photography and you're in the Ottawa area, that's uh, it's a plug for just basically my, my podcast to listen to all over the world. Yeah. If you're in the Ottawa, Ontario, Canada area, feel free to check out crystal clear shots. I mean, Hey, feel free to check it out wherever you are. Just know that, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's quite a distance to get her services. I'm sure she will travel to wherever you are. The costs are just going to be super high. If you're willing to pay $7,000 for a shoot, I'm sure she can make it happen. Um, and then on Sunday, uh, no plans on Saturday as of yet. But on Sunday, I'm doing something new. I was contacted uh, last week by uh, a gentleman named Chris Hawes, who's got a show in Ottawa that he's doing on the back of his flatbed truck um, called Flatbed Tonight. And what he does is he creates a talk show studio. So chairs, desk, uh, 
you know, plants and stuff like that. And basically builds like a, like a tonight show setup on the back of his truck. And then they do public interviews and stuff like that. You know, so he's got me on the, I'm going to be doing his show on Sunday night, um, at the corner of Sparks and Elgin. Um, I don't know when it airs or, or anything like that. If he's got a season set up, but a lot of people I've been talking to, um, in the area, uh, have said that they, uh, they, you know, have heard of, of this, that it's got a little bit of a buzz around it. And, uh, and he asked me if I would be a guest on the show and I figured, you know what, I have not done that. And it sounds like a great opportunity for something to do that I can tell you guys about, um, you know, going forward. So I'm looking forward to that. It's called flatbed tonight. Uh, I think they have a Facebook page or whatever. If you want to kind of get an idea of what it looks like, I will of course, you know, take pictures and, and tell you guys all about it, but that's happening on Sunday on uh, sparks and Elgin is where it's starting off. Um, and I think that they're ending somewhere the middle of, of Elgin. They tried doing filming cause they got cameras and mics and everything like that, but, uh, they've tried filming when the truck's moving and everything kind of bounces around a little too much. Don't control the, uh, the momentum shift and the, the, uh, stability and, and, you know, the terrain. So I think that it's stationary, but somewhere, you know, on Elgin, we're going to be filming that on Sunday, 745. So, uh, if you want to come check it out, come check it out. I think it's super exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And also of course on Monday night, we got, uh, Mike Mondays, you know, I'll be there running that. Um, if you're a fan of, of standup comedy, especially the, uh, the comics starting out, um, open Mike Mondays this coming Monday, the 25th has a ton of new, uh, new names. I, I think there's maybe one person on the show that I've, I've heard their name of before. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing a bunch of people, at least new to me, uh, trying standup comedy. So, uh, that it's, it's a uh, very exciting. That's going to be my week coming up guys. I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, as always, I move on to your emails. One of my favorite parts of the show really is it's the most interactive. Um, so as one final, well, I'll probably say it after the emails. I'll tell you what, I'm going to read the emails first. And then, uh, if you guys get so inspired to, to connect and message with me, please, uh, please feel free to email in. First email comes from Mika. Uh, Mika says, Hey there, fella, as per your previous podcast, Jesus Christ, that's a lot of hard piece to hit into the microphone. As per your previous podcast, you were asking about floating. I have the following comments. Uh, from what I understood, the idea of floating is to help relax your senses. So these are those sensory deprivation tanks that I believe, uh, uh, Tiff was, was messaging, messaging or messaging, mentioning, Starting to run out of steam guys. Uh, Tiffany was mentioning about the sensory deprivation tanks or the things like the, the things you go into that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, I think Mika has done them. So I believe this is his email response to that. Mika says, from what I understood, the idea of floating is to help relax your senses. Also, depending on what you want to get from it, help you focus your thoughts on something in particular or nothing at all. Like I said, depending on, uh, what you want from it. If you are the type of person that is able to embrace a moment for what it is and shut out other things, this will be an interesting experience for you. Uh, if you have a tendency to have a difficult time focusing or succumb to the opinions of others, you may not enjoy experience. Um, yeah, I would imagine having experience with meditation through mindful breathing would help. So yeah, I don't quite, I, I do want to say, I don't quite know what you mean by like succumb to the opinions of others. If like, if you didn't seem to have a difficult time focusing, I definitely have a difficult time focusing, but I don't really have a fear of succumbing to the opinions of others. Um, unless you mean like, if so, you're like, oh, I'm going to go do this thing. And then people are like, that fucking sounds stupid. Like if you mean other people are shitting on it and maybe, but I think I like, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm very fascinated. I'm glad you wrote this email because I, it's something that I, I wouldn't mind trying though. I do have to say that. I feel like I would freak out a little bit just because of the fact that, you know, you, 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 
of what you're about to describe in the email, basically. Um, the setup. The place Mel and I went to uh, is on Carling near Kirkwood, a small place with three or four floating tanks. A floating tank is a pod or chamber about seven feet by six feet by maybe three feet. It has a door and contains maybe 12 inches of water with a super high salt content. Um, I actually think, you know what, just a side note that just popped in my head now, I think that they did that on Stranger Things. Uh, they made sort of like a sensory deprivation tank for, for L so she could float or whatever at one point. But that, that's, that's how I know that the salt content is what helps you float. Um, the motions, you arrive at what seems like a spa. They make you sign a waiver stating that you won't take a shit in their float tanks amongst other mostly bodily fluid involving things you could do in there. They give you a room with a tank and a shower in it. You must shower before getting in the tank as they, ex as they will explain to you the cost of replacing the salty water. The, uh, you climb in the tank through the door which you will need to do more of a sliding motion to get in. The door closes and compresses a light proof seal. Once you are in and the door is closed, it is completely black. You lay in there for an hour. And then, uh, I think you can choose how long you go in for in parentheses. Then you get out shower and be on your way. The feeling, it doesn't sound very deep, but once you are in and, uh, sorry, once you're in and laying flat, you don't touch the bottom. You can't see anything or hear anything. So your mind won't wander in that sense. Uh, also the water is kept at body temperature. So eventually I couldn't even feel where the water stopped and the air began. No matter what you experience two things. One, your senses become relaxed in that you are not being bombarded with smells, visuals, noise, or taste. Uh, do not bring gum in Two, you become hyper-focused on the only things you can experience in there, breathing your thoughts and touching the side once in a while. The sooner you realize that the sooner you can start to focus my experience. One thing I strongly recommend is that after you shower, you thoroughly dry your face and surrounding real estate. Your face is very sensitive. If there is uh, one little droplet, you will spend an hour focusing on it, moving an inch across your face. This may ruin your experience. It may be exactly what you need. For me, it drove me crazy. For those who know your tolerances, a small dose of oral THC or edible marijuana would be great in order to get into some interesting places of your mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't try that when I went. However, if I ever go again, I will be sure to partake some, uh, to partake in something beforehand. Overall, I'm glad I tried it. There are a few things that I, I'm sorry. There are, I knew I was going to fuck that up. I read that like five times and fucked it up every time, even though, okay. So overall, I'm glad I tried it. There are few things that I have experienced that are similar to it. I can see how in the right hands, it could be a very useful tool. Hopefully that helps. So thank you, Mika, for sending that email. Um, it does make it uh, sound even more interesting than it did before. To me, it sounds very interesting, but like I said, just knowing that like that, you know, I might not feel things I'm focusing on, on shit. Oh, I don't need a lot of reasons, excuse me, to freak out. But I can, I could totally imagine myself just getting anxious, you know, like some of the, with, with my, the issue with my side and the tightness and stuff like that. I think I would end up focusing on the internal pain, but maybe, maybe it does really get rid of all stuff. Yeah, it's fascinating. I think I want to check it out. Thanks for, for running in, buddy. I appreciate it. Um, and then Chris writes, Hey Josh, I have a question or 12 for you. One, so this is Chris just sent me a series of questions today, which I'm, uh, I'm reading now for the first time. I usually sometimes read the emails just to make sure I, I organize everything for myself. Don't edit them, just uh, put them in. 
but Chris's, whenever someone asks me a bunch of questions, I think it's more fun to just read on the spot. So Chris says, I have question or 12 for you. Number one, which video game from your past would you like to play again, but no, won't live up to the nostalgia. For example, mine would be Sim Ant. Um, I don't know what Sim Ant is. Um, is that an ant farm simulation or, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like Sim Ant. Um, so yeah, I don't know for me, what game would I play again that I know wouldn't live up to the hype? Um, okay. Well, I'm sure that there's a lot of them and I, and off the top of my head, it's hard to say Brody has one of those NES classics and he started downloading ROMs. Um, I played quite a few Nintendo games recently with him this weekend and, uh, a lot of them didn't like were fun, but didn't quite live up to the old hype that I remember. So I can, I I'll name a few that I, I wanted to play. I'm just going to go strictly NES. Um, a boy and his blob. I think I remember, which is where you basically throw jelly beans in this blob thing. And he transforms into different tools that you need to get around. Um, I, I just remember thinking that was such a cool concept and I don't know why I didn't play it a whole bunch when I was a kid. I think I rented it for a day back when you'd rent games and have to return them. And if it was a shitty Nintendo game that was designed poorly and you couldn't figure out one thing, you were just like, what the fuck? I can't, I can't make this part where you get to level two and then hit something that just doesn't let you go forward. But, uh, I remember just remember that with Brody, he was asking me about games. I was like, yeah, there's this one I played and I couldn't remember what the fuck it was called. And Brody came up to me yesterday and he's like, I've, so I downloaded a boy in his blob. I'm like, oh, is that what it's called? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, I think that's the one I haven't played that. But I think I, I remember that game and I think it's going to suck. I mean, I think that the first Ninja Turtles for NES would be fun to play again, but I know how frustrating that game was. That would probably drive me crazy. Um, yeah, maybe I'll have a better answer for you next time I see you. But as it stands, um, there's, I, I guess I'm not like, Hey, I want to play these games again. I'm sure they suck though. <laughs> you know, don't really want to play them again for that reason. Uh, number two, do you butter your sandwiches? No, that sounds gross. Unless you're talking about grilled cheese sandwiches, in which case I butter the outsides before I fry them. I think that's what you're supposed to do. Um, three, if made, what console would you buy? New Sega, new Atari, or an Apple console? Hands down, Apple console. Um, in terms of everything else that they're doing, they're working on everything. They have not worked on a console. And based on the press release, they're working on uh, companies that have are making games specifically for the iPad and Apple TV. And, uh, and I think phone. So if there's companies now that are making games exclusively for Apple products, it would not be a bad idea to have an Apple console just interested. You know, Sega took Sega was great for a long time. You know, I, I was a Sega guy. We were an everything guy. My brother and I, we had all the, those systems, but Atari has been gone for so long that the, the company behind all that stuff, all the people behind that, you know, if they were gone for like 10 years, you'd go, ah, most of those guys are probably still alive and keeping up with that shit. But the idea that it's been gone for like 30 years is almost like you're just, you may as well be a new company. So the name to me, to me, um, has not got the same value that it once did. And Apple being ahead of the curve, I got into a big, <laughs> I got into a big back and forth with, with Vanessa last week after, you know, hyping up the Apple stuff as that, uh, the, uh, sorry, just trying to, we, we went back and forth about Apple versus Samsung, but oh yeah, Apple is cutting edge leading the way. And, uh, I would love to see what they would do console wise. Microsoft was, was late to the party with consoles and the Xbox is pretty cool. You know, Sony late to the party 
right before Xbox, but you know, you can, you can be late to the party and become the, the standards. So, you know, and I think that steam box steam has something that's supposed to be coming out for the longest fucking time. If it's out, I haven't seen any advertisements or know anyone who has one. So yeah, I don't know. Apple to answer your question, to make every question asked as long as fucking possible. Apple, uh, what is the farthest? What is your farthest long jump? I have not done long jump since I was in junior high. Um, but I'd like to say that I was, uh, I was definitely above average for the girls team. Uh, <laughs> see what I did there guys. It doesn't matter. We, everything's equal. We're all equals. So there should be nothing offensive about what I just said. Um, funny. No, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I was basically, I think average. Um, Cause I would remember, like, I remember every time I did something sporty or active and fell short, you know, we all know that, especially as, as, uh, as males, we're very competitive and we have that in our genes. Um, but yeah, long, long jump. I remember I was about average, you know what I mean? Um, so that was, uh, but I couldn't tell you, I'd be guessing the jumps, you know what I mean? I would say at least three or four feet. I don't know if that's ridiculous, but that's ballparking in my head. You know, the jump, I would say, you know. A three foot long jump would be fucking pathetic. So I think maybe somewhere around four or five, but yeah. So, okay. Um, what is your, yeah, sorry. Uh, number five, Mario or Sonic? <sighs> Mario. Uh, Sonic just spins. And gold value. Mario collects coins. Sonic collects rings. Sonic's rings are like the hollow chocolate. Okay. It's, it's, I would rather more, you know, if the, if the, tr the economy crashes and Trump goes, I'm going to show up at those fucking silver and gold places with a full fucking coin, right? Not a bunch of hollow shit. You know, it's more, more value Mario for his earning potential, strictly based on his earning potential. I, I would pick him the rest of the shit spinning around, both of them spin and jump. Um, Sonic's shit went way out. Yeah. Yeah. I dude, uh, Mario, Mario and Sega's fucking gone. Now they're just making games. Mario actually, you know what? The, the Nintendos are sort of slipping down too. They're really not the, uh, the front runners that they used to be. They're very children based. I don't know. Maybe Mario's going the way of Sonic. So yeah, still Mario though. Number six, would you rather, Oh, would you, Oh, would you rather, would you rather uh, rewatch an older movie that you love or watch a new one that you're interested in, but has on the fence reviews? Um, no, definitely watch a new one that I'm interested in that I'm interested in. I don't know if you guys struggle with this. I'll go on Netflix and I'll see stuff that I'm like, eh, you know, not, not, not anything that I've been interested in, but just, I'm like, nah, that could be good, but I'll end up landing on something I've already seen that I can fall asleep to because I also know that I'm not going to get invested. I only watch shit when I'm going to bed anyways, really. Crystal and I will take our stabs at new horror stuff, but we almost have a 90, we have a 90% guarantee that we're going to be fucking disappointed. So, um, we're, we're kind of like throw it on, see what happens. But if I'm interested in it, if I'm interested in it and it has like a meh review, I'll, I'll watch the new one. I'm going to, I'm still going to watch something new versus, you know, something I haven't seen. Um, number seven, Resident Evil one or Resident Evil two. Um, I like that you put in brackets video games. Uh, that's cause that's really where my mind went no matter what, but yeah, I, I forgot that they made really, really shitty movies, um, on all of that. 
Because in terms of a zombie story, uh, Resident Evil is actually quite good. So for anyone who's not a video game listener or player or whatever, um, I'm going to go, I'll only make it a minute long. But uh, the first time I ever saw a survival horror game, Resident Evil was the original one for sure. Um, I was at Microplay on Bank Street. Don't know what year it was, but it was Resident Evil 2. We walked in and they had a PlayStation, PlayStation 1. Uh, sitting there and it was just the scene with like, like Leon in the fire, you know, it's a, basically you're a cop car, cop car, uh, cop car crashes. You've just arrived in the city that's been overrun with zombies, um, because of the, you know, the, the, uh, results of the first game, you know, picking up where that one left off, uh, you crash and there's zombies all over the place. So now you're walking with those weird camera angles and those weird controls where forward always pushes you forward, not in the direction that you're, you're pointed. Um, and just, just shooting at zombies, having no fucking bullets or anything like that. And I remember that we, we stood there, my brother and I, we played Resident Evil two in microplay for probably like 20 minutes. And then our mission that night was to get enough money to rent a PlayStation because we didn't own one at the time to play Resident Evil two. We had to play this game. This game is fucking incredible. Are you kidding me? Running from zombies. It was, it was freaky. Uh, good cinematics, good story. We didn't get like very far at all. I think we got to the police station a couple times, but just the idea that she was popping out at you and actually scaring you and shit. It was, uh, it was great. So, um, I did later play resident evil one, which has some of the stupidest like lines in games ever. In fact, I believe I watched a top 10 worst video game, uh, things of all time. Like, like either, I don't even know if it was horror games. I just think some of the, the, the top 10, like cringiest, lines in video games ever. And I think that number one was from resident evil one, where one of the guys says to Jill Valentine, he goes, Jill, I found this lock pick. I'll give it to you as you are the master of unlocking. <laughs> so, um, resident evil one's still fun. Definitely a game changer in terms of video games. If you like any kind of horror games now, you got to, you know, tip your hat to resident evil one. It was the first game where you were, it was the first survival horror game that I'm aware of. You know, everything else started coming out like it. Silent Hill was was shortly afterwards. And then all these other sort of survival horror games started coming out of the woodwork after the fact. But um, definitely Resident Evil, uh, you know, great, great series. But in terms of one versus two, I found uh, a lot more interest and story development and shit like that in number two. Um, but also the graphics got a lot better. Yeah, number two. All right. I, they won't all be this long. Uh, Chinese food or Mexican? Chinese um, I like, how, you gave me the same question twice, fucker. That's, you're all over the map. Um, but it'll make things fast. So you, you put Chinese food or Mexican. So I'm going to assume it's the quality stuff, not the average. So if it's Chinese food versus Mexican and it's the quality stuff, not your run of the mill, I'm going Mexican. Um, then you say Chinese or Italian. Okay, between the two quality, I think I'm going to go Italian. And then you say Italian or Mexican. Again, quality, I think I'm sticking Mexican. Um, there's just, there's a, there's a tie. I have fucking beans and rice and cheeses and, and spices and things like that. Just, it does good for me. I like Italian food. Again, I guess maybe if it was depending on the plate, but Italian's a lot of like pasta and cheese, you know, and sauce. And I, I like the, the, the rice and the spice and the, the beans and the mixes and things like that of, of really good, authentic Mexican, especially you, you get a nice shredded pork or a nice shredded beef with Mexican spices on it. 
Oh, it's tasty. 11. How much can you curl? Fuck you. <laughs> you said I will accept in units of, of tankards of ale or cider instead of pounds. I don't fucking know. Um, I think I tried, I think I had difficulty curling 20 pounds the last time I tried. So let's go with 15. I can curl 15. When you say how much you're talking about strictly the weight that I can lift, not like how many fucking reps and all that shit. Right. So I believe I can curl 15 pound weights, um, with difficulty, I would say. And finally, if you were a pinata, what would you be filled with? Um, I hope something disgusting. Um, because the idea that you would come at with me, come at me with a stick to beat me for what's inside is upsetting to me. I don't, uh, I don't want to be treated that way. If I was a pinata, what would I be filled with? I guess my intention is to please the people who finally crack me open. Ooh, I'd be filled with Summersby because what a happy thing to do. Uh, it helps that they're on the shelf in front of me. You know what I'd be filled with? I'd be filled with Summersby. I'd be filled with a bunch of used books that all my listeners want. <laughs> um, come on, Josh, you can do better than that. You can do goddamn better. What does the world need now? What the world needs now is love. Um, is there something fun and small and neat? Fucking fidget spinners. There you go. There you go. If I was a pinata, I'd be filled with fucking sp fidget spinners because kids love that shit. And uh, that's, not, that's all I got. I've never really considered what I would want to explode with to make people happy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you for your for your email, Chris. I do appreciate it. I, I like when you guys ask me fucking questions like that just to get me thinking. So as always, guys, send your emails to um, contact at one man podcast.com. Please know that I'm happy to receive your pet peeves, your, your bucket lists, your, would you rather situations, your, your hypotheticals, your riddles, all the things that we've talked about over the time, you know, let me know what's going on with you. Do you guys have any goals that you're doing? Any audio books? Do you guys have any interesting tastes? I mean, Chris is into board games. Chris sent us in those board games for a while, right? We all suffered through that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. You know, I'm happy to hear from you guys. I'm happy to hear anything. You do. As, as I said before, um, thank you very much to all my listeners uh, for taking the time to be with me every week. Um, you know, we're not signing off. There'll be another episode next week. Who fucking knows what I'm going to ramble on about th that week. But uh, I appreciate you guys being there. Uh, to all my listeners who may or may not have ever written in or, or communicated, thank you too for listening. Thanks for, for you know, letting me be a part of, uh, of your week and your life. Uh, please don't ever hesitate to, to write in or be a part of it. And guys, for all of you, all of you, all of you listening, um, if you haven't already, please take an opportunity to go to the Facebook page and like it, go to, you know, uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm on there. It's all one man podcast. Uh, would love to just connect with you guys more because I do try to share individualized content for those things too. So that, you know, you get to stay up to date with what's going on throughout the week as things are happening. You get to see the pictures first and then you hear about them on the next episode. So as always, I appreciate you guys being out there. I look forward to uh, talking with you guys next week. I'm, I'll try to make it a shorter episode. I'm sorry this one was so long. Just felt like there was a lot of, I had a lot of shit to get off my chest. All right. And now it's on yours. So <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, guys, and I look forward to talking to you next week.